people who are like, well, you're just Instagram drama for clout, blah, blah, blah. But as Dude. much as the, of all of the abhorrent shit that I've done and have been in this community for as long as I have, somehow this shit doesn't happen to me. Knock on fucking wood, but I'm just like, a good dude like i don't like i make jokes the reason i make jokes about chasing women through parking lots is because i don't actually fucking do it like i just don't <laughs> i'm not chasing dude there was a guy who found out that like uh i we had a mutual friend and um her and i had a like a good friendship and this guy's like why is faceless in your inbox and she's like oh we talk about art and stuff he's like what do you mean she's like oh like what i want to do what you want to do he's like your like your feelings she's like yeah this guy follows me by the way and he's like so what he's like not real he's not really about that shit she's like what do you mean he's like what you like That's what is he like some kind of fucking faggot he talks to you about your feelings he's what is what is he like tell him to pull up right now like dude i'm not sorry to break it to you bud but i don't actually fucking do that shit like i didn't actually murder four women in idaho dude <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the art and more podcast with your hosts nathan and br nathan is a canadian illustrator with a couple years of military experience and BR is a British anarchist that moved to the States. Both are passionate shooters and community builders. Together, they run the Seaburn Art Page. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Art and War podcast. Um, I am Nathan. This is BR. And today we have uh, Faceless, our boy. So... Finally. Hi. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good, man. I'm uh, really, really glad in this uh this current post shot show climate to have you on <laughs> lots a lot to, of uh, stuff going on a lot of stuff going on big things big things um no, not, not big things goofy things but uh before that we wanted to get into some faceless lore and uh share with the good people what you're all about um yeah. where you come from where you're going why do you like beat so much you can't tell <laughs> if i'm coming or going absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah man like you i've been we've been kind of like in the same space for years now and yet you are still like this beautiful enigma and still like this chaotic little presence on the internet and i greatly appreciate what you bring to the table i don't know what how to fucking quantify what you bring to the table because it's it's just this chaotic creative energy but it's yeah. it's always good to have around well what you just said is how i what I just said is how, how I stay out of drama is just being, uh, <laughs> just trying to be uh, ambivalent and malignant at the same time, trying to just ankle bite at any sort of uh, <laughs> government or anything. Um, I think you probably, around the time we met, I, I was probably harassing Newsom. I was probably around the time that <laughs> I remember that. Sitting there, I, dude, how cool would that be if we had a bo if Newsom agreed to a boxing match with me? Never would, never in a million years. But oh, it was dude. It's funny because it's not be necessarily a threat. I actually, I, I would worry. I, I think he just like unhinge his jaw and swallow you whole. <laughs> yeah, I just turned into a, a nephilim, just devour <laughs> me. That'd be the only thing I'm worried about. Like, but uh, I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> have you seen his face? Uh, yeah, I have actually. He's uh, he's got adrenochrome adrenochrome face. He, he has. <laughs> like, it's it's like you know, like people who are heavy alcohol users that uh, have a swollen yeah. face. It's like that, but for celebrities, it's called adrenochrome face. I just made that up, but uh, <laughs> true. Like I'm as soon sure, as you I'm said sure that, you know exactly the look, and <laughs> yeah. you Google Gavin Newsom, and that's the look. Yeah, it's like a weird, like lizard person face. That's um, it's the Gavin Newsom look, and it's yeah. not just because they're getting the buckle fat removed on their face and with plastic surgery or anything. It's actually adrenochrome face. It's they are right. they're killing babies. 
I, I genuinely remember the first time I I did not know who he was, and I saw him in a video, and I thought that is not a real man. That 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 is that is AI generated. That is a lizard. Um, Comparative to seeing Mark Zuckerberg for the first time. Yeah, Mar- Mark Zuckerberg yeah. looks like a very normal and well-adjusted human being if you put him in a room with Gavin Newsom. <laughs> that's true. That's actually true. Yeah, that's. A good if one. I was put in a room with Gavin Newsom and a gun with one bullet, I would use that bullet on myself because I don't want him to absorb me into whatever his being is. <laughs> <laughs> he just sucks you in, dude. You just become. He lifts up his shirt and he has like three faces, three people's faces melted into his skin. He's like, yeah, these ones aren't done yet. Yeah, these ones aren't done yet. I, I we completely got off the rails already. <laughs> no, like, what got you into this kind of creative space? I mean, like. Were you a punk rock kid, or like, what kind of, what what the fuck creates faceless, man? <laughs> I was a piece of shit. So I grew oh, up yeah. in a place, um, I, I wouldn't say punk rock kid, I got punk rock, I got into the punk rock scene a little bit later on in life. But it's it's funny, because w- I guess I was always punk rock. As I got into it, like, I met guys who were like, they assumed I was in it. And I was too closed off from the world my whole life to actually be in any sort of scene but i my style just kind of always correlated with what i guess punk rock style would be if that makes sense like all throughout high school i I feel that i i I hung around with like all the metal kids and i was like these guys are kind of pussies but this is kind of who i think i associate with and i found more the punk rock crowd and i'm like oh yeah yeah fuck this yeah (laughs) yeah well i grew up in uh in the high desert and uh your fault your listeners are going to cringe right now in spooky california (laughs) <laughs> but um, the the way that I describe the place that I grew up in is a, a lot of people don't realize that California is, California is super conservative and even yeah. more so in, in the fucking desert. It, we're in like the Badlands area where it's just there's nothingness, right? Um, this is kind of like the Wild West. Like there's not there's – a there's still the tyranny, the tyrannical bullshit that California puts you through. But we're uh, in this little, I would say – area because we have a lot of farmland here you know what i mean but we're in this like desert area where it's a little i would say lawless dude like i've never even been to a gun range we would just go blow (laughs) shit up out in the desert like five five ten minutes away from me is just a a desert land that i can use tannerite and flamethrowers and whatever i want and there's no no one fucks with you well i've I've had a police helicopter fly over and warn us but that was one time yeah Yeah. who hasn't come on Come on, dude. It's because we're, uh, um, I think there were some neighborhoods that were like near us that were reporting, but whatever, you know, it's just <laughs> a little, it's just eight pounds of 10, right? It's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. A, but uh, so I grew up, um, you know, in this place, weird place, um, and I uh, grew up really poor, uh, you know, the, the old story, growing up poor, growing <laughs> up in, um, you know, growing up around crackheads. You ever, you ever play Grand Theft Auto? This is kind of nerdy, yes. but you guys ever play? Uh, you know, do you, do you know us? We are, we are very nerdy. Okay, cool. So, um, I, I haven't played video games in years, but when I, around the time I graduated, I think Grand Theft Auto came out and there's LA, um, there's like, there's like that LA part of it. And then there's the part where Trevor lives that like, you know how it's like, uh, like the, the trailer parks and shit. Yes. That's where I grew up. That's like the impersonification of that's the area in California that they were making fun of is exactly where I grew up. That is, is actually that, really interesting because I that's funny. Right? I understood that reference. <laughs> right there, dude. Right there in you know California. But uh, I mean to to kind of kick it off. 
for something, some sort of switch flipped in me when I was 15 years old, and I became extremely obsessed with graphic design, with art. Um, I knew that's what I wanted to do to to live. Like that was I don't. And at that time, I decided like no matter what I did, I don't care if I worked at McDonald's, which now I guess is a $21 starting out job, but back then it was like <laughs> eight dollars an hour. But yeah, that was my my comparative thing was like if I work at McDonald's, as long as I can come home and make cool shit then i'm happy and um that's always stayed the same that sentiment but along my way i kind of grew and got bigger in the fashion industry and i figured out that it is full of a bunch of faggots i started i guess to give you the the rundown i kind of grew up you guys remember exit through the gift shop 2010 freaking um oh thanks very banksy all that cool stuff i was so inspired I, i grew up with that stuff man like um, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of eighties, um, or early nineties documentaries, post no bills, um, bunch of artists, you know, kind of subverting, uh, political, if you guys haven't seen post no bills, you should watch. It's a guy who made a, a target poster of the, uh, the sheriff in LA and posted it all over LA <laughs> a bunch of, uh, havoc. Yeah. But there's a bunch of stuff like that I grew up being inspired by. And so I thought that art was based off of, uh, meritocracy i thought it was based off of who who has the most skill right not just um you know who has the most skill and as i got older uh that promise or that idea got stolen from me in the way of uh um i would say wokeism you know i know that's a buzz phrase but it's not based on it it became not based on meritocracy anymore it was more based on uh, uh what your current political like ideology is and if it agrees with the the zeitgeist and uh i had pretty much had my heart broken um as i was growing in the fashion industry and i decided that uh i'm gonna change what i'm doing i'm gonna give my art and my message to people that will appreciate it and Mm -hmm. i'm you know and that's what made me that's what started the birth of faceless um I learned, well, I'm going to be honest, I actually got canceled from the fashion industry pretty hard. Oh, really? Can, yeah. you, can you say why? Yes, I can. Um, so I think around uh, 2016 is when I got into the gun industry. Um, I've been, I'm actually a uh, Cerakoter, if you guys are familiar. I've, I've done a lot yeah, of Cerakote. Yeah. Yes. Um, you do really good work. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Did had an FFL um, all that stuff. And, but on the side, I was still doing my, my fashion stuff. I'm like, man, I really want to make cool stuff. I want to be in the ranks with like obey and the hundreds and Stussy. I want to be, I want to have a shop on Fairfax Avenue in Los Angeles. I want to be doing this stuff. And I really, I did guns on the side. I did guns as a full time. And then on the side, I grinded, uh, this brand that I had. I'm not going to say the name of the brand cause, um, a little bit dachshund. It's a little doxy. I actually don't have any ties to it anymore, but I just don't need anyone digging anything. But yeah, yeah. yeah had this call. brand, uh, Mountain Dew did a little like it's weird. I know this sounds weird. Mountain Dew did like a little documentary on me. I went viral on Tumblr a bunch of times, and then I blew up. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I got like five hundred thousand reblogs or some shit on Tumblr in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, and that was a big deal back then. <laughs> Like now that's like nothing. That's just like a regular influencer. But no, back then, it's, it's funny how the numbers have changed so drastically. Cause yeah, like 
blowing up to a certain degree like 20k on instagram used to be like holy fuck dude it's crazy how numbers get exaggerated huh yeah no i'm just kidding but uh no it's it's it so i i kind of blew up i got invited to this trade show that i dreamed of going to since i was a, a wee lad um it's called Agenda, Agenda Las Vegas. And it's basically the shot show of the fashion industry. Um, Interesting. It's, it's invite only. And guess what? It's in the same fucking building as shot show. It is it's in the Agenda. Yes, it's in the same exact floor as shot show, dude. Oh, um, fuck. Yes. Yes, dude. Deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> Look up Agenda Las Vegas, uh, the magic show, the bank sale. These are all shows that all kind of converse. It's Las Vegas Fashion Week or Las Vegas Market Week. And this is like a young designer's dream to be invited to, to get there. It's, um, it's, it, it's like going to SHOT Show. It's, it is like a huge deal, man. I dreamed of it since I was uh, 15 years old, and I, I'm getting yeah. invited because my name was getting up there. So I had to pay for the booth and all that stuff, right? You know, And mind you, this is where Rebel 8 um, started in 2002, the Agenda Las Vegas. This is where... Bobby hundreds, like the hundreds and, um, you know, North face or whatever will, will meet to, to do collaborations, you know, licensing deals and stuff. So yeah. this is the big leagues. I get there and, um, I spend a lot of money. I, I go bankrupt pretty much getting my, my brand there. Um, we get there and it is not what it was back in around 2010. I, I went there around 2018, I think. 2019 and i go there i am berated by people about what my mission statement is how <laughs> woke i can be where what like it, it was blue haired it was morbidly obese fat it was a white woman with fucking rainbow hair and a shaved side of their head coming up to me <laughs> and telling me what's your mission statement what are you urban and mind you at this time um I, I had okay Jeez. yes so my that was the first question i got asked i brought a girl with me who's my girlfriend at the time she's black um she was my girlfriend at the time and i brought my friend with me he's also black those were my those were was my girlfriend and my friend and um they they had to explain to me because you gotta mind mind you i've always i was libertarian when i was younger it's like the conservative to uh libertarian to anarcho-capitalist pipeline i was in the libertarian side of things at this point it's a process. Yeah. It's a process. We all know it. <laughs> you know, you gotta and you start realizing <laughs> like shame. fuck yeah. these libertarians. <laughs> but uh around this time I would say I was in the libertarian era era. I was in my was, I was in my uh <laughs> what are these girls saying with the eras and shit? I was in my era. <laughs> so I uh I didn't understand what was happening. These this fat freaking rainbow haired lady asked me if I was urban. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And my friend <laughs> My friend Chris had to pull me aside. He goes, dude, she's asking if like you're pro black. I'm like, fucking obviously. Like I don't like I'm not <laughs> explicitly pro black. Like I don't make clothes for black people, but like if black people wear my clothes, that's cool. And mind you, I'm very successful at this point. Like I'm selling, I'm making good money. They're supposed to come to me and see how we can make a deal. They don't give a fuck about how much money I can make. They want to know if I'm pro so another one came up, asked if I'm pro trans. And I go, uh, I'm not explicitly pro-trans, 
And they're like, well, are you anti-trans? I'm like, I'm not explicitly anti-trans. I'm just like... A, <laughs> well, that's I'm, the interesting uh, thing. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, this is the stuff that radicalized me is they would talk shit to me at, at, at SHOT Show on the floor. Like the SHOT Show, uh, the, the, the fashion, fashion show. SHOT Show. Yeah. They would talk shit to me on the floor of like, okay, well, then what are you? I'm like, I'm just a n from the high desert that makes cool shit. Like it makes money. The fuck is wrong with you? And then um, I remember I left the booth. This was a big, I was getting depressed, dude, because uh, I had an Enclave booth that was in the exact direct middle because I was one of the top up and coming brands. I left and I got, I was drinking, which I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't really do anything. And uh, so that was a big deal for me to be drinking. I was kind of down on my, my luck there. And I get a call that Vice Media is at my booth. <laughs> Vice Media is there. I, I sprint from the bar in the, the Venetian all the way through the halls. I run all the way there and it's my girlfriend at the time. She goes, she's talking to another lady with some crazy Justin Bieber lesbian hair. And, uh, she, she goes, okay, this is the actual owner of the clothing brand. And she, the lady looks appalled. She goes, wait, you're not the owner. They thought that my girlfriend at the time was the owner and they wanted to do a documentary on the brand. They wanted to, um, do a whole write up on the brand. The second she found out that I'm not a single independent black woman um she <laughs> she basically didn't shake my hand told me uh okay we'll be back we tried getting their email they wouldn't give it to us uh we were able to get a contact and then they just ignored us and uh they left and it was just Man. pretty much a bunch of repeats of that over the weekend and what i just kept getting this? this was 2018 around 20 i think it was 2018 pretty sure um two years after everything went to shit as soon as I killed yeah. that fucking gorilla, I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, dude, it, vice, it's, dude. <laughs> well, well, that's my that's my problem. Is I I was my stuff is has not to toot my own horn. My stuff has always been had a profound message to it. Has always been um, kind of ahead of its time. I've, that's what I like prided myself on. I've spent years and years and years honing my craft and my my uh, my style you know and they didn't give a shit they didn't care it wasn't based off of meritocracy by the time i had gotten to it it was based off of if i was fucking urban or pro-trans or if i had the green mission or what i'm doing to stop um euthanasia in somalia or some shit like i don't give a fuck about any of this i just want to make cool shit like, stop <laughs> you know uh so so that actually radicalized me and then uh like that man you gotta you gotta realize i spent all this money to get here um well, I mean, I you, really, you built something you built like a whole vehicle and you put your heart and soul into it and then like because of arbitrary things not your art you didn't get the respect you deserved wild i got shitted on for a three-day event um and then during that event people found out that i was in gun into guns and selling guns and things got worse <laughs> Uh, mind you, around this time, I was in a lawsuit uh, suing three national retail chains for stealing my artwork. Um, oh, fuck. A $150,000 lawsuit which, with each of them stealing my artwork and uh, getting... I basically... I got canceled from the industry because they found out I was into guns. And just because of the way that I am, I'm not, um, I don't do that passive, aggressive, fake, sincere bullshit. I'm not like, I'm not a mean guy. But I mean, Nathan's met me in person. I'm, yeah. I'm like an entity. I don't like, I will call people on their bullshit. I'm a little aggressive. I'm not like, you know, I'm not fucking just some like 
paper towel in the wind type of guy, I think it turned him off. Like the whole dude, if you go to that show, it's just a room full of fucking people sniffing their own assholes. That's all it would not shock me. Yeah, pretty close to shot show now. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, Did you guys have fun at shot show, by the way? Yeah, dude, yeah. honestly, like, it was, it's so funny hearing you say all of this, because, I mean, fucking everything, dude, from the graphic design route through to, um, like, think, like, wanting to go to SHOT Show, not, you know, the fashion show, but SHOT Show, since I was a, like, uh, maybe 15, 16 teenager in, uh, in England, I was like, fuck, if I could be involved in that industry for a living, but also doing creative shit, like, in that space and attend things like shot show that would be like i fucking made it and it's wild yeah no dude like literally i'm i it's not to my own horn but got to attend shot show not necessarily for a business reason but like because i talk shit about the government yes that's kind of fucking wild I, I think Shot Show is exactly what you make of it, and we make yes. we we've done a pretty good job at making something good of it. Uh, my experience is very positive. Yeah, yeah, like it was fun because we got to do what me and Nathan have fortunately always been able to do when we get together is just like meet like-minded, good, real people. And sure, you're in a you're in a room full of like disgusting soulless corpos. Not saying that of the entire industry, but there's plenty of no. them. And then and then there's you know real people at some of these companies who actually are about you know making a difference not just being fucking some soulless corporation owned by like a a property managing firm like Mm -hmm. it fucking happens like oh dude it's like talking to the i'm just gonna fucking say it the suits and i wanted to kill myself (laughs) trust me i i like i told you i've been i was doing business with everybody like we would sit down with 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 uh who is that mck uh we we've sat down with all of these people trying to like basically get like uh pi- pi- glock or uh ar pistol grips for like five cents cheaper because we're buying thousands of them at a time and it's it, it's just sitting there and and then the funny thing is that i was always wheeled in as the guy that would entertain the the guy the older guys you know they're like i don't know <laughs> i was like the vision of youth dude but that was my job was to entertain these guys while the business was happening so a lot of a lot of shot show for me is just having to basically like me like what are those guys on the porn sets the fluffers the dudes that would (laughs) i felt like i was a fluffer for these fucking corpo dudes where i had to like basically in one weekend help help them make them feel like they regained their youth because they're friends with faceless and then by the end of the week it's like okay we got our deal type of thing you know it's like it's it was fucking depressing it was you know what's sad is there's some guys like i remember meeting with lauren michaels from polymer 80 and uh man that guy's he's cool lauren michaels is fucking cool dude but and he even was fans of faceless he was a fan of faceless um he wanted me to be like help with their marketing we had all these really cool talks really great ideas funny shit he was even telling me like oh you could like chase a girl through our office type of thing what a fucking legend dude is fucking awesome but he's so tied up by investors and there's just no it i i knew that he was almost like living the fantasy with me i'm like it, when we had to say bye we both knew we were never talking again he's like bye i'm like oh, yeah it was, it was nice could have made some fun shit. 
Yeah, we knew dude. it was never gonna fucking happen, dude. Yeah, that's so sad. It, it, it's a it's a pity you talk it with so many the more money gets involved with anything the gayer and more retarded it gets and i don't think it's immune. the gun community is immune from that at all Thank fuck this show makes basically nothing yeah <laughs> that's been my biggest struggle is i've held out so my my biggest uh you guys obviously know about zero sleep you know about uh low-level perpetrators scum lord faceless all this cool shit like no no look in your ass it's fucking i love what you've been doing with that it is amazing and and the facts uh like you do so much of it on your own like shooting in it starring in it the graphic design like holy fuck dude yeah the video i I currently i i have fucking carpal tunnel in my thumb from um editing That's that commercial with llp like literal <laughs> carpal tunnel because i went frame by frame by frame it was like i don't know it was like eight thousand frames and it was just Holy a 45 fuck. 50 second commercial and i went frame by frame and keyframed it all but uh the thing i was getting at is uh i held my breath for as long as i possibly could i wanted to provide as much value for people before i ever fucking asked them for a dollar and yes. um and that was kind of the well to get back onto the onto track um with kind of the the story was you gotta you gotta imagine dude i go to shot or go to uh agenda vegas um you know las vegas market week i get shit on for three days for my beliefs i get yeah. fucking absolutely shitted on around this time some of my uh the people that i looked up to in the art world bobby hundreds is folding to the uh you know the pressures of wokeism uh shepherd fairy is selling shirts that says if you vote for this or if you believe in this you're a fucking piece of shit and you're not a fan of mine i'm like well I guess I'm not a fucking fan of yours, dude. Um, that sucks. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that that started really radicalizing me. We had COVID happen. Um, and then you, you also have to imagine there's these pieces of shit making uh, over half from, from our subpoena. They made over half of a million dollars off of my artwork. That um, And then just trying to bully me and sending me uh, bullshit lawsuits, countersuits to try to slow me down because I'm just some broke guy from the desert. Uh, it just, I just dropped everything. I had a, a company and around the time, I think it had like 35, 36,000 followers. I deleted the whole page. I mean, I said, fuck this. Cause it was all people that were, it was like a brand that didn't really, it wasn't radical. It was just like a cool streetwear brand, you know, it was, and it's what most of these guys are doing now. There's no real like direction, you know, and I can admit that, but I deleted it. And I, I said, fuck this. Um, I'm going to, well, I guess I could talk about it on here. Uh, Basically, I didn't win the lawsuit, but I didn't lose the lawsuit um, because of the fact that I used, uh, I referenced some work in my work from that was pu- domain, public domain. Uh. Um, I didn't necessarily win. And it wasn't, I never even used the design for profit. I, um, I posted the design. It was the one that went viral on Tumblr and basically some big brand in the mall stole it and made millions of dollars or half, over half a million dollars off of it. Dude, that's I said, that's really not fair, dude. Like, I, re- I basically reworked um, a reference that was in public domain from the 1920s, and I added a lot of what you would say, like, changes to it. Um, I, you know, I, and then this guy, he, basically, it ended up where I had to owe his lawyers $21,000. He paid off my lawyers, but I had, Holy I'm shit. just some fucking normal guy that has that, that I don't make really any good money. And now out of nowhere, I owe $21,000 because I thought I was standing up for what's right. Dude, I learned copyright. pisses me off so fucking much. More than possibly just about anything. 
dude, um, I'll be honest with you. So I made this design. I referenced some public domain work. And I would say the reference was, it taught me a lot. Like it taught me about, uh, it taught me about referencing. Uh, the issue is, is uh, I posted it in, it was in my own style. I reworked the design. I posted it online. It went viral. Some, some Indian dude sells it on Shutterstock to the brand, this brand owner. Um, he makes over half a million dollars off of it. I see it in the mall. My dream was always to be in the mall before I realized what that really meant. It meant that you were a fucking, uh, you know, bank, you were, I would say morally bankrupt fucking clone of every other brand. Yeah. Uh, I get in, I, I see my design in the mall at this point. Um, I basically, uh, tell the guy, he tries to bully me to shut up. Um, open up a lawsuit because he keeps printing that shirt on bottles, that design on bottles, shirts, hoodies, all this stuff. Uh, we, um, it basically ends up to where his lawyers, dude, it was a giant firm that this firm had, um, they had, they basically sent a letter to my lawyer and they said that they're willing to, and I'll, I'll, it was, this is almost a quote. They said they're willing to, they made over half a million dollars as we've discovered in the subpoena off of this design. And they're willing to spend that and much more to ensure that I never see a dollar of, um, any money in from this loss. Um, even though they admit petty, petty pricks. Yes. They admitted that it was my design. They admitted that there was enough change to it that constituted my design. They admitted that the exact colorway was screenshotted from my Instagram at the time. Like it's, you know, they just took wow. it. And um, but you got to imagine, man, like how beat down I was from this learning that copyright is essentially bullshit. Uh, that if, if you, if you have more money, uh, you will win in, in the court system. Um, you can send a bunch of bullshit lawsuits towards the kid that you stole from. You can, you know, and this is also someone who's completely like against everything that I'm for, like guns against, you know, uh, you know, just political, correct, woke piece of shit company that, um, is just doing it for the money. So, uh, I basically decided I, I'm going to take my artwork. Um, I'm going to be, I want to be that the shepherd fairy for the people on my side of the spectrum. I want to be the the Bobby Hundreds or the, you know, the Banksy for the people on my side of the spectrum. And I didn't want it to be about my personality. Well, I wanted to be able to show my personality, but I didn't want it to be about, like, my face. I didn't want it to be about, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I wanted people to know that, like, they could probably get along with me, but um, they don't, you know it's not about like my ego and that's why I took the face out of it. It's not about, you know, that, that was kind of the whole idea when I started. And also the guy was sending, um, the guy was sending private investigators to watch me because I owe Holy them $21,000. And, um, they were trying to, they sent me asset seizure letters. They sent me like lean, like forfeiture stuff. So I basically, um, haven't paid taxes since then. I haven't had a, uh, revolving deposit in my bank account. And, um, he also found out about faceless and he can't prove that that's me. No one can <laughs> prove it. So, um, it'll probably come for me someday, but they don't they, there's no proof. They can't prove. I even got hit up by my lawyers and was like, okay, well, like, seems like you started another company and they're wanting to send like asset 
Port Fisher stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't really, uh, I don't know who that is. And like, dude, that's definitely you. I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> that's kind of why I'm, I'm like still so hardcore. I'm hoping that, um, I can wait a couple years and then I can just like give them a couple grand and be like, yeah, fuck you. Cause I told him I'm never giving you that money. You're never getting it. You can suck my dick. Yeah. Fucking the base isn't even strong enough wood. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know that fucked. was a long winded <laughs> story, but no, no. Uh, that is really how faceless was born was they were, dude, the guy was fucking basically stalking me because I, I did terrorize him for a year with this lawsuit, but <laughs> He did also steal my work and make half a million off of it. So he yeah. was sending private investigators that were watching me, and I couldn't really move forward with a lot of the shit I was doing without threat of like see shit being seized. So I haven't paid a, a dime of that uh, twenty one thousand though. So we're still yeah, fighting. We're still dirty. strong. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Nah. Fuck. No should you. Yeah. Yeah. What a piece of fucking shit. All villain. I, I don't know if all villains adequate. That like clips from. Fucking our hero, dude. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Did you? What did you ask, Nathan? Is that where uh, the phrase "art villain" comes from? Because it's badass. No, art villain comes from. Um, I wanted, so I transitioned. I transitioned. I came out as, a, <laughs> as an anarcho, as an anarcho capitalist. It was very bold and brave. Um, no, so I was just so done with everything, dude. I I was that guy that like was getting into fights over COVID and shit. Like I turned into not really a full Karen because uh, Nathan's met me. I'm kind of like a big dude. Like I don't really, you know, I don't fucking, I, I people don't re didn't really fuck with me over that, over the whole COVID thing. But you gotta, you gotta remember just all this shit happened. And I came straight out on the other side of uh, the beginning of 2020. And then all of that hit us. Right. Yeah. Um, so you're already radicalized without any of that shit. And then, like basically three years and ongoing aftermath, especially in California, of just bullshit and insanity. Yeah, I just am like going fucking literally insane. And I'm selling guns through all this shit and I'm seeing uh they're passing new laws all the time and hurting our business and I'm just going absolutely fucking insane. And what what do I what do I have to be able to to get my message like I, that's what i was like what can i do to just like fucking subvert something i want to say something and the when i got art villain um i've had a lot of weird things happen like a lot of weird internet uh what would you say like campaigns happen around me uh but one of them was the afghanistan pullout uh when that happened <laughs> um that was i would say that was my first one that was 2020 right yeah that had to be like my first campaign um, was that Tony 20 or am I tripping? It feels like it's been a blur. Dude, I, I've been doing this stuff since like late 2018 and I just feel like you've always been around. Yes. <laughs> so it's so hard to nail down when I first saw you. 2020 uh, sounds about right. Well, the Afghanistan pullout happened in 2020 and I decided, yeah. um, dude, that feels like it, it feels like it was yeah. yesterday. It's all been a blur, dude. You blink after 2018 and it's dude, 2024 now, it was like right? 400 things ago. Forget about it. <laughs> yes, 400 things ago. So when that happened, um, I saw all I saw. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I understand a lot about foreign affairs. I'm not uh, ex military. I'm just like some dirty guy that carries a fucking Glock in his sweatpants pocket. I don't really, you know, I don't really have a lot to say about like foreign military you know, things. But what I saw was like, Biden, fuck up. 
on this pullout. I saw my friends who were in the military be pissed. Who's had friend who've had other friends die um, to ISIS in in the in Afghanistan and all this shit. I saw them, and I knew that foreign affairs were going to be fucked the second the Democrat got in office. And um, I saw men pushing women and children off of planes to escape their country because they were afraid. And um, I saw them climbing onto the, the propellers and the sides of planes and falling off of them. And I just thought it would be funny. What I did is I went home that night, the second we saw that happening, and I created a design that said um, Kabul Skydiving Club. And it was a retro. Oh, oh my God. I remember yes. that. I licensed the design to Crimes Man. I gave him the rights and I said, put it on whatever you want. So he went and he put it on Depop and all and like Vistaprint and all of these like direct to print companies that don't have a flagging system that uh, you can go order it and it automatically like DTG prints it and just mails it out to some to someone. He put it everywhere, dude. He put it on all every single website he could find that does that. I, you guys know what I'm talking about? Those websites where they like direct yeah, to like print sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah. that's one yeah fire. so all of those he did all of them and he let that run for about two days until copycats popped up copycats popped up he must have made a ch good chunk of change because copycats popped up and then after that um things had got so muddied i think it was like the washington post wrote an article about how some sick person is selling uh kabul skydiving club shirts on these websites and then it all got shut down but by that time we i I, he sold a lot of them and it was that was like the first introduction where i was like people were calling me an art villain for that because it was just so like uh, abhorrent i guess i had people who hated me for that but i wanted to just make a a sound you know <laughs> br here with a quick word from our newest sponsor of the show that made our first video podcast possible the great people over at attorneys for freedom Attorneys for Freedom are a real criminal defense law firm offering attorneys on retainer for legal representation in self-defense cases and are not some insurance company or provider. This means that Attorneys for Freedom are able to cover scenarios that are often denied coverage by other programs. Self-defense scenarios such as while in gun-free zones or sensitive areas, while under the influence or on medication, scenarios where you knew your attacker, and while using any weapon in self-defense, from a firearm to a household object or otherwise. Additionally, Attorneys for Freedom will not drop you from coverage nor will they ever ask you to pay them back. Even if you take a plea deal where you admit guilt to a criminal act, Attorneys for Freedom will not ask to recoup their fees. Attorneys for Freedom covers 100% of your attorney's fees in the event that you can reasonably argue that you are acting in self-defense, and now you're facing serious felony charges. The primary key to coverage is their ability to reasonably argue self-defense in court. Nathan and I have signed up already, and you can too, in no time at all. The National Self-Protection Plan is available with a one-time sign-up fee of $100 and just $35 per month after that. Family plans and annual rates are also available. Signing up via the link in the show notes or via the Art Instagram bio link helps support the show with both your initial sign-up and every month you retain Attorneys for Freedom services. Get covered in all 50 states, support the show, and have peace of mind that should your worst day come, Attorneys for Freedom has your back. Thanks for listening, people. How's it going, lads and ladies? BR here with a quick word from the longest running sponsor of the Art and War podcast, Advanced Warfighting Solutions. 
AWS have been making tough as hell gear for decades right here in the US in North Carolina. Nathan, myself, and thousands of others run that gear through the ringer and trust our lives to it, whether that's LARPing in the woods or dragging kit through war zones. AWS manufactures many great packs, pouches, plate carriers, and our personal favorite, the SMU Operator Belt. A set and forget gun belt that crushes in build quality, capability, and excellent feedback from its many users. We are tough on our gear here at Art & War, and the SMU takes that treatment in its stride. Though already at a sweet price point, you can knock $10 more off your SMU belt with the code ARTANDWAR10 at awsin.com. The code and link to the AWS website can be found in the show description. Thanks for listening, now let's get back to the show. God damn. Yeah. Was, yeah. That, um, was that the first time, like... I mean, just in general, not only as, like, doing faceless stuff, the first time you really offended at large scale? Um, I would say that that's, uh, yeah, I would say that was the first time. Well, with Zero Sleep, I think that happened, I started Zero Sleep before faceless, but Zero Sleep, I had been offending people a lot with, because there's so much anti-gun people, it's kind of mind-boggling when you get out of your bubble at how much people just are. You show a video of a guy fucking doming another dude in, in defense of his own life and people go a little kooky, um, yeah. even though it's completely justified. So I, I, I did a lot of that, but yeah, with Faceless, that was the definitely the first one where it just blew up. People went insane over it. They, they, it was posting everywhere. It had, I think it had a lot of like 2A um, divided too, but my, my thing has always been to just post what you think is cool and funny and it'll weed out the people that are going to report your shit anyways you know like yes i've been doing that since early on i've been trying to just i don't want to attract these i don't that's why i love staying in this niche i don't want to attract people that are going to get offended by it i want to get the conversation going but i don't want i don't need people fucking reporting me over my art you know even though we should be able to have our artistic expression I just, uh, I that was the first time. I can't even remember. I, since then, I think there's been like 10 other campaigns. <laughs> Didn't you, uh, what the fuck was the thing with the shooter recently? What the fuck was that about? Was uh, that so, or... yeah, so, the, so I have, um, because of like my presence on online, I would say the first one happened with the, you remember that guy that's, that stabbed those poor college girls in Idaho? Yeah, Brian Koberger. He, uh, that happened yeah. like a couple blocks from my house. Okay, so you probably found what was happening to me hilarious. Um, uh, just, yes, actually, I think I messaged you about it. Uh, you're yeah. you're going to have to explain this one. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I don't like this very much. What was that? The locals aren't going to like this one very much. It was very funny. Uh, it was carry. funny, but if they can understand my rationalization to it or my rationale, they'll. they'll I think they'll get it. And anyone who listens to you is probably has something based in them so they'll, they'll understand probably pretty it. So, fucked up. uh i had a meeting with a company and i'll just tell you from my point of view i had a meeting with a company called uh i think it was camden defense we were talking about ar pistols and how we can move forward in california with uh, a whole new selection of ar pistols and what we can do and we had a bunch of cool ideas because uh, i think was it psa is coming out with the jackal it's like a bufferless yep. ar upper and shit like that so that was right around that time so we had a sample of the jackal and we were kind of trying to see how we could legally sell that on a fucking <laughs> pistol lower in california is six hour long seven hour long meeting i get out of the meeting and i have hundreds of comments saying how do you know brian koberger who's crying who why were you there what did you do and i'm like what the fuck is going what on did i do i was like oh my god i don't know what's happening um 
so I they're like people are like why why do you do you know about uh I guess one of them their name is Maddie I'm like I don't know what is happening and I'm getting fucking crucified by a like at least a hundred over a hundred Facebook moms at this point so I start doing research and they had released the name of the guy who had committed that I guess the girls got murdered in October or something like that and by December it was the end of December is when they finally found the guy. So the internet had months to stew and, and detective and report on things, right? Well, the day they released his name was the day that a guy who follows me and is a fan of mine uh, made a page and he was able to get that guy's whole name as the page and put the guy's profile pic. And then he put something like, my accomplice is at faceless. <laughs> Now, what you got to remember, another thing is uh, there was some controversy over Warbear, who um, during that controversy, yeah, RIP, he, uh, he had a video with a guy in a green ski mask posted, and that video was on that page, and it had me tagged in. I was the only person. Dude, that video got over 500,000 views overnight, <laughs> easily. Like, it was, I wish I had, I think I, on my, on Scumcast, on my YouTube, I have a screenshot of some of the, uh, the comments, but it just went on forever. And overnight, I just got crucified by these women. There's nothing I could have said. Dude, because of the way that my page looks and the, the way I in myself, there's nothing I could have said to change their minds. So what am oh, I going to do? Oh, dude, no, they're think, Facebook moms. Yeah. What do you think Faceless is going to do? Like, you think I'm going to just, like, release Guys, guys, I got to get out ahead of this. I'm a good yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah, you think I'm going to get out ahead of this? No, dude. Well, what I did was I did some research on the guy. Um, I deleted it i archived every video on my page except for the one that makes me look like i'm chasing a woman through a parking lot <laughs> and th and then i guess the relations with faceless <laughs> yeah this is the how you yes this is how you get out ahead of it is i <laughs> i changed i found out the guy went to washington state university so i put in my bio wsu alumni go cougars and um dude it went fucking i i hit the news i went viral on i do people are messaging me they're like you're on snapchat news dude oh my god you're on Reddit. oh my god you're on twitter news you're on tiktok now they just it kept going more and more because they're like what kind of sick shit was this guy into <laughs> research on me you know uh i um the thing that i was gonna stop within like a day i was like gonna i was gonna fuck around what really changed my mind about fucking with them uh, about ceasing fucking with them was some guy messaged me and he knew i guess there was like a the, when the boston bomber happened there was a kid in wherever that happened who had went missing around the same time and the internet uh blamed him for the boston bombing and basically the kid uh had came up dead um he'd he'd oh he came up uh, either missing or he was never found or he was dead or something. And basically his whole life's legacy is destroyed by the common misconception that this, uh, that he was the culprit of the Boston bombing. And oh, this guy fuck. was just thinking me where he's like, dude, thank you. You're literally uncancelable. I'm like, it's just stoked being able to see someone be able to get under these people's skin and fuck with them so bad. Cause they're not doing anything to help the investigation. They're, they're just, but imagine if it was just some normal guy that someone had decided to do that to luckily yeah. but imagine if it was just like some normal dude who had a fucking normal job and they they did that and i said you know what this is like a good opportunity to be able to really fucking mess with these people so my followers started coming up with stuff that i like worked at a 
a shoe uh, at Foot Locker and I had cut one of the girl's shoes feet off and took it with me and it just kind of got out of hand. Like they started starting so much rumors and there's actually to this day YouTube YouTubers that make videos about me still trying to link me to um, to it to this day. <laughs> years. Fuck Dude. yeah, the faceless lore runs so deep. So oh, it's deep. so rich and thick and it's so there's so much to it dude because the funny thing is some lady on youtube right now is doing a like a deep dive on me and she went to zero sleep and there's like some fucking like crazy schizophrenic deep fried meme page that comments <laughs> on one of my posts and she's like some 40 something lady and she's um, she clicks on this guy's page and she's like look at what these weird guys are into and it's like, <laughs> dude, it's so funny watching an old lady react to like a, a fucking like deep fried spongebob hitler with a black sun logo behind him and it's like the weirdest meme you've ever seen and she's like well, these people are crazy i'm like dude i don't know i don't even know that guy but it's just some dude who comments on my shit who has like crazy <laughs> schizophrenic like memes on his page so it's it's fun it's fun stuff it's good stuff dude yeah our culture what i did have a news report what even is it i don't know dude it's it's a, an amalgamation of um, I don't know, dude. It, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. I love my, dude, the comments I get on anything is these are the funniest fucking people in the world. I remember <laughs> when I had a brand that had like, like I said, 35 some odd thousand people that kind of like, they liked what I was doing and they, they enjoyed it. And, you know, I post something they thought was kind of cool, but they, we didn't have like a message. We weren't driving forward to do something. There was no like, being able to point towards a direction and we all knew what the fuck was up now dude even when i had just five thousand followers man it, i wouldn't i i made that trade-off where i was like dude five thousand people that are all on the same page is will always trump you know a hundred thousand people that are just they just kind of are going in some sort of you know they just kind of fuck with the idea like yeah i love our followers man i love them I, no, they're yeah. awesome I feel that so much. Like, when I started out with my first Bloody Revolutions page, I was like, if I find fucking, like, 50 people that vibe with what I'm rambling about, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, no, that first page turned into 28k, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is actually kind of terrifying. <laughs> That's all oh, yeah. of us. But, you know what? Like, with, with how subversive i've always felt and i'm sure same for you like seeing just how fucking many people are out there like doing all sorts of different stuff but feeling the same is such a godsend mm -hmm. man it's uh so when i was pretty much up until about four years ago i just never felt like i felt like i would never find anyone that agreed with me and then one day when i finally decided like i don't give a shit if anyone agrees with me like i'm just gonna do I'm going to create art for what I think is fucking cool. I'm going to try to make a cool uh, a message to it, what I believe in. I'm going to try, like yeah. I said, try to be the shepherd fairy for some 15-year-old out there that believes in the shit we believe in and has been turned away from big brands and corporations and you know these, these companies that are fucking doing the song and dance of political correctness and uh, alienating anyone who doesn't believe everything for them verbatim. When I started, when I finally just let go and did that, I started finding people that are like just wholeheartedly agreeing. And you don't have to wholeheartedly agree with me. Um, but, and that's what's cool about it, is there is people that are probably going to be pissed about that, uh, 
you know, the whole Idaho thing. But I think that what I did was, uh, it was, there's a good point to be made there. You know, it's not like I'm malicious or evil. I just thought I, it was a good point to be made and it was fun to fuck with them. Um, and they, I think they can see the merit to it without like having to blindly follow it. And, um, we can have like a good discourse here. It's not just people fucking marching in lockstep towards some ideology. And it's not people who are just trying to like, like you say, lick my ass because <laughs> I'm fake. <laughs> but no, like, um, like going out there and being ballsy to make a point about how, like, just, just how that kind of dumb shit spreads and how, how mindlessly people spread information like that. Like, yeah. that, is that like not as relevant as fucking 1984? Like, yeah, that's fair, man. Like, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty heavy shit in our current culture. And then like people to just completely miss that and be like, that's repugnant. Like, fuck you, you pussy. Come on. Well, like, I, you know, it's funny you say the word pussy because when I say these things, like I want to be the shepherd fairy for like that 15 year old watching or the Banksy, like, when I got to Agenda, I met some of those people, not Shepard Ferry or Banks or any of them, but some of the people that I looked up to, and they're fucking pussies, dude. Yeah. They're so, like, these people are so fucking gay, dog. They're so, like, afraid of any sort of discourse. They're terrified of it. Like, oh, man, any of that. Any of, the, like, any of these people are, that are afraid. And uh, what fucking Nathan was saying earlier about the, the corporations being so ruled by money. Um, that's one of the things that, that terrifies me is, is, is those people are afraid too. They're afraid of it. Yeah. They're, they're afraid of, of, um, losing that flow, you know, cause they have yeah, they investors have... consequences, you know, mm -hmm. the, the corporate version of being canceled. Yep. Exactly. Oh yeah. The corporate version, the, the hidden cancellations in the background of, you know, they drop down 1% on their, you know, that's what's funny is you can drop down a couple percent uh, in profit, but you could have just made fucking customers for life through certain yeah. moves, you know, not, you know, certain moves will lose you customers for life, like groping people in Vegas, but there's some, <laughs> there's some customers that you'll, you'll have for life if you just stay true, you know, which I yeah. know I'm, I'm getting on my soapbox now. Oh God. No, it's it's okay. I mean, we, we can maneuver into this uh, th this situation. I think the finances of uh, you know, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just make finance and maneuver jokes for a little bit. Dude, I'll <laughs> tell you right now, the fine man making puns about financing your way into shot show or maneuvering your way into shot show, and now having to finance a lawyer is the funniest shit. Like they'll never get old. Like they're so <laughs> fucking. Ever, dude, I've seen so many good ones. So many good ones. They're awesome. Yes. Just like maneuvering that way into some boy pussy. Um... <laughs> well, Maroon Gun memes, like, for, I, I forget who I saw first, like, stirring up the FM stuff again. And I was like, man, I've been polite for so fucking long. Like, don't don't give me hope. And then uh, that was before Shaw Show. And sure enough, dude goes and does some fucking weird shit because can't resist. And I'm like, uh, at show, I'm like, man, I, I don't want to be getting into that bullshit. Like, I saw, I kept on seeing FM hats and all sorts of industry dudes. Like, this one guy, our, uh, our videographer Phil was wearing uh, a uh, ATF is gay hat. 
and oh, some God. other videographer walks by him wearing an FM hat, and the guy gives him like a little nod, like, "Yeah, what's up, fellow cameraman?" And Phil, like all of us were just like, "That was fucking disgusting." Oh, oh I, shit, dude! I, I, I will play devil's advocate. It's like not a lot of people knew he was a total shitlord. No, no, and that's you know that's partially on all of us who were way too fucking polite. We were yeah. like, yeah. Like, ah, well, that was fucking awful. I had, a, I had a friend. Re- I had a friend recently tell me, and I took I took offense to it, but he wasn't wrong. He was like, "You guys created that monster," and I was like, "Oh, you fucking no. asshole!" Because it's it's true. But he was one of the because he just, dude, the guy fucking just hops in the DMs and he fucking will he'll suck your dick from the back, telling you they're the greatest thing on this earth, and it it'll like you're like, okay, well, I guess maybe he's a good guy. I don't know. And then he'll, after messaging you, he'll go and tell people that, uh, oh, hey, I'm friends with Faceless because we just, we, like, dude, you're the one who messaged oh, me, you know, like, he, it is the name drop king, my guy, the name dude. drop, which is shysty, dude, and I get the networking thing, but um, I don't know, dude, I'm, uh, there's, there's, it, the crazy thing about me is that uh, BR is fucking, uh, you, you were way more, I think, involved than uh, even I was like, I would call him out and people would be like, they would act like they knew him because of their weird parasocial relationship they had with him. I'm like, well, actually, yeah. I've yeah. the guy a few times on the phone. I kind of know him. Um, but you actually have met him in person. You've seen the way that he maneuvers and how he <laughs> <And> finances. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> yeah. I have. Indeed, I have, including the, the entire Warbear thing, fucking some of the first uh, guerrilla photo shoots out in uh arizona yeah i uh mm-hmm. was there right at the beginning and whoo fucking hell i mean i don't want to give the whole fucking story but like it was weird man like at first i wanted to get more into night photography it was the middle of covid i was feeling fucking angsty and like you know what fuck it like want to get out and do something yeah yeah and you know it. what like not that this is the guiding light but everything we did was completely fucking legal it's open carry like mm-hmm. we or are you talking about how you uh okay go on go on this is no, the gorilla photo shoots dude like i've talked about it before so it's not like a big secret like gorilla photo gorilla photography is a skill set you know like you go out in spots that you might norm- not normally have access to or doing something you probably you know wouldn't normally be tolerated to be doing uh and you go and you shoot like a quick set and you fuck off like yeah. it's it's very easy but yeah. when you're with a bunch of, like, well, a bunch, a few uh, individuals who can't, like, figure out how to finance and maneuver your way out of uh, <laughs> not getting in trouble while doing such a thing like guerrilla photography, um, you end up putting a lot of people at risk. And, yeah. like, that kind of dumb shit, and then seeing just the... People from the group just kept on fucking leaving. A lot of these guys I trained with, like, you know, doing bush shit. And everyone was just like, yeah, we were all feeling angsty during COVID. It it made sense to, you know, do something. Like, you know, we took pictures on top of a a rooftop in front of, like, the Bank of America building. Like, a whole bunch of banks downtown in Phoenix. And, uh, you know, in, in kit, like, smoking a cigarette. I made an edit uh like uh we hope things get worse for the uh, for the american worker or whatever the bank of america line was mm-hmm. and you know that that shit like when gas was fucking stupid money and everything was like 
it was starting to look real like getting the real 2020s treatment like 1920s mm-hmm. treatment yep. um that shit felt good and so i kind of like dulled the dulled my senses to the actual personalities going on because the majority of the dudes were either people i shot with trained with or otherwise um had a lot of trust for and then jordan kind of came out of nowhere if not as, as like a mutual of that group mm-hmm. and i was just like well fuck it guys if you say he's good to go he's good to go and then seeing him less in the kind of work format of like three three four a.m photo shoots dipping around um and more like the social stuff with like the mansion shoot Woo! that's when it got like i was like all right yeah this is not someone i need to be around but what happened what happened with the are you able to talk about that i think so it's it's been long enough before you move on um one thing that i want to mention and um it's just it's something about these guys and and you could say all the things the the sexual assault shit the him the allegations of beating him his his girlfriend all these things i would say the, the first thing that got me turned off to this brand that he that he has and what he does is the um i saw you'll see it in the the 2a especially in the fucking 3d print community um the use of the word community uh (laughs) as a means to grandstand and soapbox but it's actually just weaponized to alienate opponents and i like the dude's been using the word community and i i fucking just can't stand it dude so tired of the word fucking community i'm so tired of the soapboxing the we're creating a society of like shut the fuck up dude like you sell fucking t-shirts i know you do your your charities your tax write-off charities and i know you fucking do your giveaways because when sales are low giveaways make a lot of money but quit fucking it's just in my opinion it's disingenuous and you guys can think that he's building a community all people can think they're he's building a community all he wants but i just can't stand that fucking phrase you know what i mean and that's what made me like, uh, I don't know about this guy. Like, and then there was other shit that happened to me, but you can, uh, you know, I want to well, hear. No, it, no, it, was, it was very much, it was very much stuff in that vein. Cause at first, like, you know, a couple like semi amateur photographers, but like, you know, we, we had skill, like we were working, uh, creatives and other facets. And so like getting to do like a cool night photo shoot basically with, you know, groups of, uh, groups of people with kit and stuff in places you wouldn't normally get to shoot was like a really cool opportunity. Yeah. 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 It's like fun. Sick. Yeah. And yeah. And, uh, and then there was all that like, Oh, it's community stuff. And like, we don't really know what we're doing with this yet, but it's like, you know, we're trying to like, yeah, we're we're trying to do stuff. Vets with finances. It's all about the community, bro. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It was, it was just shit like that. And you know, like, I I was just like yeah fuck it sounds good dude, um, and the, the the mansion the whole mansion party thing, um, I, w- I won't get into the the whole fucking Phoenix PD helicopter deal because that's <laughs> I think we kind of covered it in my interview with him but oh you did I think so like not oh. not in depth like we really yeah. danced around the fucking details of it because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for whatever reason, I was still playing nice. That was after that interview was after I was basically like my my lady was like, "You need to fucking split off from this shit." Because she came to the after party of the mansion shoot, 
and yeah. <laughs> it was just like what the fuck so anyway the whole mansion shoot thing was a fucking mess like some some posh airbnb uh finds maneuver and war bear splitting the cost you know pretty cool shoot like we were doing video and photography all around the place just fucking you know standard nods helmets clearing rooms blah 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 um and war bear was doing more interesting stuff fucking like in the bathroom all uh all uh fucking godfather style and shit um, yeah i've actually i've actually got a photo that i maybe i'll post soon for fun but it's from that shoot that i've never shared of uh i'm one of the fucking goons around the bathtub oh you, know, you are yeah. yeah i remember oh, that shit yeah. That's so oh funny. no you're in you're near the bathtub with warbear yeah fuck I yeah that. i am buddy <laughs> fuck yeah i am and you best believe That's i bought some of that bath water and if anyone wants to buy it Warbear bathwater. That's so. Uh, first, I bet that shit'll uh, like fucking get yeah. you. That'll that'll pop you on a drug test if you drink it. <laughs> it, it it may. Um. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, that whole fucking party was a mess. Some guys, some local uh, guys, came to because there was like weird messaging about this thing in the local shooting groups, like. You know, if you're basically talent, like a photographer, videographer, or someone like in the fucking shoot, like come on by early and be part of the shoot. And then if you're coming to the after party, show up non-specific time. And so some some guys showed up like way earlier and everyone was bringing like kit and guns and stuff to like one, you know, it's what it's what we do. Like you go and show them and stuff, you go and share uh, but also, like, they brought them in for the fucking party, but the shoot was going on, so they got, like, told to fuck off, but then their guns were still there. So some of their guns were used in the shoot without their permission, even though they were told oh, to man. fuck off. Yeah. That's not cool. That, yeah, and, and it was a major point of contention that got, like, very verbal when those dudes came back later. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was, there was, that was, like, some angst already going on early. And... I will not go into specifics because I'm not a douchebag, but um, various heads of this shoot were uh, very fucked up, not on alcohol. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. It was Kratom, people. Just just some gas station Kratom. Oh, yeah. um, no, no, no. I know. Uh, so, so shit was getting... Like, as the shoot went later and later and later, and it went on for fucking probably like six hours, six, seven hours, because the place was expensive. I had to get the money's worth out of it. And uh, so the characters are getting livelier and livelier, and things are just getting a little bit out of hand as more people arrive for the after party, but they're still trying to do shoots. And uh, this shit just went on until, like, 7, 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. Um like there was good there was good chill moments during the mansion party but like you know that shit just eventually gets to a point where it's not sustainable anymore and 7 a.m <laughs> mr finance and maneuver himself has his and I've, you know i've already fucking said it on instagram so i might as well say it here <laughs> um he, the dude had his plug like pinned up against a wall and he was screaming at him and the well, dude was in front of everyone i yeah he, he was a young oh, dude shit. yeah so oh. like yeah, in front of in front of fucking like the remainder of the party, like some of the like our training buddies and shit, and mm -hmm. uh, that kind of group. 
and and our spouses like my fucking lady was there and she she was like wisely was like we shouldn't spend the night we should we should go home and my dumb ass was like how often do you get to spend the night in a mansion <laughs> little did i know 7 a.m yeah. out of his fucking mind screaming at this dude pinned against a wall he's like terrified we're i'm i'm just fucking i mean i was exhausted from the night before but i was just in shock too just watching this whole thing going on i had I didn't really know Jordan all that well. I just kind of worked with him for a handful of nights over yeah. a few weeks. And so I was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to fucking de-escalate this shit. I'm exhausted. There's like already six people involved, including some of my like shooting training buddies. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Um, that base, it was just like, it was probably like 20 minutes of just fucking screaming. And it was, wow. that, that's what we woke up to. And, you were like, just, and at that point, you were like, I'm, I'm good. I can't. Yeah, yeah well, you'd think. You would think, my friend. My dumbass, after that, we then did the interview a few days later. Oh, wow. So that was so after the interview. That was after. after. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me. I think the thing, here's the thing, though. Like, Jordan is very charismatic, which is why mm-hmm. so many people stay around for so long not really taking in how fucked up the situ- the social situation is. Like, I won't get into specifics, but there was a lot of, just a lot of, like, you know, getting too close to people's uh, girlfriends or exes and, like, just, like, some really weird fucked oh, up social did, shit. He did some shit like that with me with uh, some girl that I was on-off talking to at that time. And it was, a, it was enough to where I it made me uncomfortable, but it was like, it wasn't enough to where I was like, I think that's what he does is he's very good at threading the needle. Uh, yeah. There was a girl that that's I had you see just... in all these fucking messages to our friend, uh, blue demon. Yes. So that it's weird. It's this weird, like I said, like he has this fake, the pseudo sincere, nice yeah. guy, passive aggressive, like bullshit that he pulls. And with me, I remember I was talking to this girl and um he she was a mutual between us and it seemed like he she would make comments about how like uh yeah this dude seems like he's like not stoked that i'm into you and not him and i'm like all right whatever i don't really give a shit (laughs) and i'm not really in like whatever social circle they have going on i'm far away it was like a long distance thing and whatever um dude this dude like he would kind of reference her sometimes when we were talking she we weren't really anything that serious but one time he made a joke he sends me this meme and it's him and another dude having a threesome with a girl. And well, actually uh, then it's, it's a picture of him wearing nods and he has a girl in between. It looks like he's got a girl in between him and this other guy. And he uh, it's on his face. It said uh, like in the meme format, it said me. And then on the other guy's face, it said you. And then the girl had her, like her name written right there, but he did it as like a one second disappearing fucking uh, Instagram picture. I was like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, oh, it's just a joke. Uh, No, no, dude, what the fuck was that? And he's like, oh, it's just a joke, dude. It's just a joke. I'm like, nah, dude, that's fucking weird. Like what dude sends another dude a thing like that? That's, and dude, it took me a while to just like comprehend it. I'm like, this guy's in Arizona. I'm not going to drive over there and beat the fuck out of a dude for something <laughs> for that type of indiscretion. But I'm like, yeah, I just don't like you now, dog. Like, I don't know what the fuck that was. So that's when I started keeping him at a distance. And I'm like, uh, not really into whatever the fuck that shit was, dude. Like maybe he was trying to say like, Oh, can we like 
pig roast your girl, dude, or whatever the fuck you, I don't know, but it, that uh, upset me not enough to make a big deal. Just like how he threads his little needles and, Oh, you know, like toes the line. It's not even that big. Yeah, exactly. Of what's acceptable and what's not. And I think he was trying to say something, maybe he liked her or something. I don't know. And at the end, at the end of the day, like this girl and I were like right now, if, if, if someone did that, that I was close with, with my girlfriend that I have now, like, okay, I'm going to go fight you, bro. <laughs> Let's go fucking throw down. Okay. It's really fucked up and really inappropriate. Like, yeah. dude, there, there was shit like that, like constantly in this group. Like there was, uh, discussions about that, you know, with people's spouses and like lots, lots of like just weird back channeling, like just mm-hmm. creepy shit, like inappropriate shit. And it's like, you know, like whatever you were fucking into, sure but those points obviously as it's come out like there's just absolute intrusions and like weird power plays to like intimidate yes. and it's just yes. and, and, then, and then he'll play all polite like oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to, to make you uncomfortable like no motherfucker you're fake as shit fuck off well, that's what's funny about the like the inner machinations of a like a a, a normal male friend group is is just that dude that's why i i just don't have a lot of like guy friends because there's weird trying to gain power over each other pseudo masculine bullshit and then when there's a guy like me who's like so are we gonna go punch each other right now in the (laughs) face and they're like oh no dude it's just a joke like no you and i both know that if i let that shit slide you'd think you're fucking like more powerful or something so look can we just punch each other in the head now or what are we doing oh it's just a joke dude you're crazy yeah I'm super thankful most of my friends are just like as autistic and retarded as me because there's none yeah. of that shit. But when I was yeah. younger, a hundred percent like well, it's, it's why it's why I just hang out with fucking chill, secure people who don't have yeah. a fucking mm-hmm. dick to measure. Like insecure <laughs> are the worst. Can we, can we talk about the fact that there's people, there's these people who are like, well, you're just Instagram drama for clout, blah, blah, blah. But as Dude. much as the of all of the abhorrent shit that I've done and have been in this community for as long as I have, somehow this shit doesn't happen to me. Knock on fucking wood, but I'm just like a good dude like i don't like i make jokes the reason i make jokes about chasing women through parking lots is because i don't actually fucking do it like i just don't (laughs) i'm not chasing dude there was a guy who found out that like uh i we had a mutual friend and um her and i had a like a good friendship and this guy's like why is faceless in your inbox and she's like oh we talk about art and stuff he's like what do you mean she's like oh like what i want to do what you want to do he's like your like your feelings she's like yeah this guy follows me by the way and he's like so what? He's like not real. He's not really about that shit. She's like, what do you mean? He's like, what? You like, That's- what is he like? Some kind of fucking faggot? He talks to you about your feelings. He's what? Is, what is he like? Tell him to pull up right now. Like, dude, I'm not sorry to break it to you, bud, but I don't actually fucking do that shit. Like, I didn't actually murder four women in Idaho, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Damn sorry it. to break. Get off my show. That's what. That's the what the downfall. The of art and artist. Yeah, the 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 backfire of it is there's some of these guys that follow me that are like, what is he like? So wait, are you telling me he like isn't actually a piece of shit? Oh, sorry, bro. That's why there's yeah, not I, a lot of drama about me. That's why you people don't actually shadow box outside the women's batter, the battered women's shelter. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually do do that. That's actually one of my pastimes. That's the same. That, I will never stop. Doing that. <laughs> but there's no there's no harm in that. That's just a fun pastime. Are you gonna Are you guys gonna act like? Come on, that's just fun. But <laughs> it's not that hard to dodge fucking drama, dude. It's really yeah. not. No, literally, I was just saying today, like, I 
don't enjoy talking shit about people. Like that, no, I've shut the fuck up about this for years. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. e- even though I knew this guy was fucking weird, I was like, it's more polite. You know, my mom always said, if you got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. And so I shut the fuck up for a few years. And then you see this motherfucker keep on popping up, doing weird shit, and again, like in person, doing like using his stats to be a fucking creep. And it's like, all right, fuck it. This guy's weird. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, say you, it. He's fucking weird. Was, which people will tell you that, like, oh, now you're coming out now that it's the popular thing to say. But it's like, nah, like, I, he does these weird, like we said, like, threading the needle shit that it's not really enough to, like, I'm not going to make a huge deal about things that he did. Like, especially, you know, like I said, with my personal things, I only speak on things that happen personally with you. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. But, yeah, when it comes out, and be like, hey, Maybe there's a pattern. You guys want to hear what happened to me? Here's the yeah. pattern. And people are like, yeah, oh, shit. Yeah. okay. So, like, he actually is a fucking piece of shit. There's not. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Like, that, that's the reason I was like, all right, I'm fucking done. Like, uh, Blue posting her stuff. I was like, all right. I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, there's been so many people over the years who've quietly messaged me or talked to me in person or, like, been like, hey, I know you don't really post about finance manu- Because I didn't, like, I went from posting and tagging and being like, look at these cool shoots we're doing. And hey, here's him on my podcast, blah, blah, blah. And then just radio silence. And a few yep. people at first were like, hey, you still involved with those guys? And I'd be like, eh, not really. Like, you know, uh, you know, just, just I saw you, like I saw you. This is like super fucking uh, watchy. But I, I saw you yeah. uh, tweeted something about um, someone was wearing a finance and maneuver hat. And you were like, said something like gay or some shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> then people Every, were speculating like oh they're actually friends guys it's a joke and i was like ah it doesn't seem like a joke it, seems, uh... <laughs> it is not a joke uh, like for years every single and it's weird like he fucking he said some shit like oh he wouldn't really know he wasn't all that involved no motherfucker i wasn't but i was around like i wasn't involved in the business but i did take free photography that you used and i was around the core group like one of the first shirts is like a whole cr- it, and this is so fucking typical of the whole fm story one of the first shirts they did was a bunch of dudes riding in a car with like nods or cartoon style and then the brand switched to like you know like a dude or just fm and since then it's just been fm like it used to be a whole crew of guys and then everyone yeah. fucking left and it was just, just like dipped. two or three guys in a video instead of like fucking nine to ten yeah like just what it used to be the first yeah. U-Haul video and all that. And it's so fucking telling of how the content went because the dude just couldn't physically keep that fucking many real people around because <laughs> everyone was just like, just having these which weird... Is, which is even worse because him. it's probably really hard to do what he's doing and be completely talented, talentless because uh, I, like, <laughs> if I, I am... I've been doing photography for since I started the graphic design thing because I couldn't rely on photographers. I shoot with a Nikon D850 with a Sigma F1.4 art lens and all the manuals, you know? Yeah, um, I actually uh, really yeah. like photography work. Oh, dude, that's I, sick. Thank you. I'd like, so I can do, I do all the videography, all the editing. Uh, Vice Grips 66, he, he helps me with all of it. Uh, a lot of it is more of a, like, uh, he's my he's my my homie you know like we're we're all always together so it's it's formed from me teaching him all of this stuff to him helping me with it but i uh 
let's like, that's the thing is like, not only do I not alienate people and I operate with integrity and honesty and I try to help everyone around me, but man, I couldn't imagine collaborators. I couldn't imagine, uh, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you in a second. I couldn't imagine, um, like alienating and fucking people over and not being able to even like design or take pictures or do any of this shit. How do you rely on people and, and fuck them over? And, uh, dude, I'm more than generous with collaborators. Like, uh, you could ask fucking anti-state dude, that guy, um, he, I, I don't even care about the money, you know, like he, um, when we did that release, I put up all the money for the for the merch like I paid for it all out of pocket and then uh I let him still keep 50% of all profit too like I was like what and he he fought me on it tooth and nail he would not let me do it and I was like dude keep half of it 50%. So I did like the initial investment. So that's but I always am about I'm about that. I'm about making sure that you're, you know, that people are taken care of and all that stuff, you know. No, but I mean that's, you guys that's are how you have longevity instead of just <laughs> using are, people getting i'm sure people listening aren't expecting to get the moral fucking high ground from faceless of all people but <laughs> when you expect uh when you operate with integrity and honesty it seems like the world works in your favor i i as a little anecdote one time uh i remember i got into this road rage with this fucking fat woman and like it took everything in my being to not throw my fucking energy dr- energy drink at her face and call her a, a, a nagger and uh <laughs> i uh i do it took everything and wanted to yell wanted to scream just did it had one of those days where i just was like dude whatever go go on your way lady uh like a month later she ended up being the um the person at the courthouse that was helping me with uh with a a ticket that i had and the way that that the whole thing was framed it could have like completely like she could have fucked me over like she was kind of like my ball was in her court she helped me a lot and I guarantee if I would have fucking called her, if I would have hard R that hard R that bitch in the middle of the street, she wouldn't have forgot my face. But <laughs> I have a good memory. I remembered her and I was like, oh my God, this is the lady I fucking almost called her. Holy shit. God damn it. Oh my God. But she was very nice. She didn't remember me. And dude, I, ever since then, I've always like, man, you never know, dude. You just never know. <laughs> That's the fucking lesson. <laughs> That's the story we get for that lesson. You just never know. God damn dude. it. The moral is don't go doing horrible shit to people, and you just never know. One of them could be someone that you you end up seeing later on in life, and you don't need unnecessary beef. You don't need unnecessary drama, you know, for for nothing. Personal rule to just never get involved with road rage. Um, Yeah, because I I I am sometimes I, I just like brain fart and. Like I, I, I'm an overly br has been in the car with me. I've almost killed us a few times. He's Asian people. He's Asian. Generally, because I, uh, I drive a little too cautiously. Like always at. He can't see. Yes, I, I'm squinting too hard all of the time. I'm sure you, I'm sure you hear sorry all the time. Sure, you hear it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but I. Good luck, everyone. Good luck, I everybody. Have else. A role, like if I see someone make a mistake driving even if it inconveniences me i try not to be mad at it because i have no idea what the fuck that day is well is like. also dude like yeah. especially growing up here people are insane dude i carry i obviously fucking carry wherever i go but man well i mean at the end of the day is it really like is it really worth getting into a firefight sometimes it's probably yeah. not sometimes it really depends on the violation have you ever had a gun flashed at you on the road because i yeah. certainly have oh, uh, yeah. being in arizona the, yes the, the yeah. worst i've ever it had happens. was being flipped off once i think and that was in dri- driving through like colorado I, I had like no sleep and i didn't 
uh, pull lanes over to let someone in. And that was my fault. I just brain farted it. I'll tell you one thing that I did. I'll tell you one thing, dude. And this was (laughs) probably one of the worst things I've ever done. But uh, I was driving. I didn't really like I I was early on my way going to the gym. So I had a lot more time than I needed. And I stopped at a red light. I, I was driving. I have a 1984 Porsche 944. People see it and they just get mad in the high desert because we don't have nice things here. So when they see like a red sports car, they just like hate you. And I'm stopped at a red light. At for like two minutes this guy pulls up almost hits my car right in front of me cuts me off sticks his hand out the window and just yells fuck you and like throws his flipping me off right and looking at this guy he's just some like 40 year old fucking dad who hates his life in like a in like a minivan and he's just like he hates that i'm driving a car that he like maybe he wanted when he was in high school or something i did nothing wrong i promise you so what i decided to do was i said i'm gonna now follow you for the next hour so i because i had a, I had, my, I had my fucking glock on me and i'm like i'm following you now now i'm following you so we start off slow he start wait wait did you tell him no 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 no. i just start following him. okay as he pulled off i just i just followed him and i was like let's see where we go what's gonna happen so i start following him he starts getting faster and faster and faster i'm following him for about 15 minutes and this guy's driving fucking 60 miles an hour on the fucking sidewalks He's freaking the fuck out, dude, like swerving. And at this point, I don't care. Like, I'm done, dude. I don't give a shit. Wasn't having the best day. I got a gun on me. I know I can either fucking beat this guy's ass or shoot him. And I started following him, dude. And we got to a, um, we got to like a neighborhood and he's, I've never seen someone drive this erratic before. He's freaking the fuck out. And then I just stopped and I was like, all right, I got to go to the gym. Just pulled off, (laughs) went to the gym. That's probably one of the craziest things I ever did um but that guy probably won't do that anymore he's like holy shit this guy literally followed me for like 20 minutes <laughs> god damn he he thought i was a oh, bitch because the car i was driving i guarantee it like nah dude oh, oh for sure for sure now i'm following you i'm coming home with you is what's happening <laughs> see that's why i one i have one of those fucking old school walmart smiley face stickers on my dash awesome because dr- driving in phoenix I j- i'm just like or I was now it's it's a hell of a lot better out in Appalachia but back then I was just like every time I'd be fucking pissed off like I I might end up in court because Mm -hmm. of this yep and it's gonna be it's gonna be 10 years plus yep and I just look at the fucking dumb smiley face on my dash and I'm like yeah yeah okay I don't know if following it's following someone even illegal it probably is there's probably some crime against it but uh probably with intent but if you just happen to be going the same way that's what I was gonna say is like I and then if you wanted to stop (laughs) and fight I would have like okay like I don't know like I wanted I was trying to instigate him to get out of his car but he started going so fucking fast that was probably the only time I've ever engaged in like horrible road rage but i wasn't even i was laughing most of the time like this is hilarious this guy's he was so big and so ready to fucking to flip me off and now he's freaking the fuck out i was laughing i wasn't even mad at that point all right i'm gonna leave you alone dude you're having a bad day relevant question faceless how is your relationship with your father it's great dude um papa faceless papa faceless is a anarchist um he's He's a cool, he's really cool. He, he's like a meme. Dude, you know what's funny is before I started any of this, uh, Papa Faceless was big on iFunny. He, he was like those like edgy meme lords <laughs> on iFunny before. Like, oh, yeah, one of those ones that had, dude, dude's like 50 something and he's got like fucking 40,000 <laughs> hits on iFunny or whatever. I'm like, holy shit, dad. <laughs> You're like, 
and he's just posting, yeah posting like awesome. crazy sh- shit yeah he's he's fucking cool dude both my parents are fucking awesome they're they're cool well, growing up we had um we had it really really rough um a lot of like drug and alcohol issues but uh, uh now that i'm older they kind of just like got out of their party phase and they're they're killing it dude they're they're doing good um it's cool having a I think maybe I had some sway and I know I did dudes it might some sway with my my dad with some of his his opinions cuz I think he has had the conservative to libertarian to anarchist pipeline as well and I know like 10 years ago oh believe it or not he's an ex uh uh San Bernardino County sheriff too so that's even better <laughs> yeah he hates cops super anti cop super like first amendment auditor all that shit dude cool guy once you've seen the beast up close you you either go crazy or you you live that way the rest of your life. Well, he was a cop. He was a cop in the '90s, and he saw them do abhorrent shit. Is the one I think that always stuck with him, and that he told us growing up was uh, he would he would see women call a domestic abuse case. They would call call a domestic abuse. Cops would come if she was hot. Doesn't matter. They're taking the guy in and making him st- or making him stay away from the house for the night. Does not matter. Then those dudes would go back to the house and fucking hit on the girls and the success rate they had with fucking these these this dude these dudes wives were insane and it made my dad sick to his fucking stomach and that's oh actually why he left is he saw so much shit like that happen um and i grew up hearing so many stories about these weird again like weird i guess probably nowadays it's illegal to do that shit but back then there was not really anyone that can do anything about shit like that it was not really illegal you can go Oh, I'm just following up with you, ma'am, and we just so happen to have a relationship after that. Like, can you imagine you and your your lady in a fight? Cop comes, kicks you out, and now he's fucking your lady. Well, obviously you need a new lady after that, but man, like that's just so unnecessary. It's a necessary predatory bullshit, dude. And that's how they act. That's how that's how those cops. That's how they do it. Holy shit! Fuck yeah! Thank you for your service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Holy uh, shit, uh, dude, dude. Dude left, um, I think, uh, like, late 90s, he left the police force, and then he he just, ever since then, dude, it's cool growing up being um, just anti, anti, I, they really, my parents really raised uh, all of my brothers, I have fucking six brothers, they raised us with, uh, uh, to question every authority, no matter what, even, even them, dude. And a lot of it wasn't totally a lot fuck. of it wasn't by design. A lot of it was through their mistakes too. But uh, we questioned authority, man. I would remember getting into fights with teachers, getting into fights. You know, like I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. I don't think you're supposed to be doing this. <laughs> you know. So um, I guess that's another thing that just kind of makes me makes me who I am. And also, we got into a fight with a a cop on the beach on my brother's wedding day, and that's another thing that radicalized me. <sighs> And hate what the fuck happened there uh we were taking pictures in huntington beach um on his wedding day you know like wedding pictures and yeah. uh, the, a, a beach cop comes up dude i'm telling you this guy was like a sh- like a little spit fuck he was like five foot four wearing like short shorts and he comes up and he just starts screaming at all of us puts all of us like my whole family on my brother's wedding day in fucking handcuffs um what he's yelling that we didn't get a permit for photography in uh for from the city or whatever and uh we were telling him we don't need a permit because this isn't commercial photography and he goes well how how are you 
And this was, uh, we had our friend that was a photographer at the time and he was just doing it for free. We were just comping his room and he's like, well, are you being paid at all? And he's like, no. And the guy's like, well, uh, who's paying for your room? Well, he asked a bunch of questions, but he got to the, who's paying for your room question. He goes, well, they are. Cause he's, I'm from out of town. Cause the guy looked at his ID and he goes, okay, well that's a uh, compensation. And the guy, he, wow. he, he kicked us off. So fucking gay. Dude, horrible shit watching um, him. And it's funny because at this time, I'm, I think I'm 17. I'm six foot fucking 220. I did BJJ since I was five years old. I'm wrestling in high school and shit. And this little guy's in my face using a, a force compliance on me. And I'm like having to act like he's hurting me and, and I'm complying. I'm like, dude, I can fucking slam you on your head, bro. Uh, it, it, that was the first time I think I ever actually saw an adult that I was like, dude, I'm going to fucking, I can rip your head off, dude. I, cause I, I, cause I grappled with adults, you know, but out in public, this guy's like bullying my family and I wanted to fucking slam him on his head, but I couldn't and, uh, had us all in handcuffs. He confiscated the memory card, um, looked at, arrested the friend that was a photographer. We never got it back. We never got the fucking wedding photos. Um, and that, I think that was like the true day where I was so over tyranny. I was like, I'm good. I want to do something fucking horrible didn't do anything that horrible but <laughs> and i think anyone going through that experience would it would radicalize them that, that's a great way to create a a society of people that love police police officers huh no seriously it's it never fails like they, they can never just be upstanding peace officers it's always busy like jobs worths who mm-hmm need to uh they're, they're fucking karens like people who got shoved in the lockers who need to exert some kind of authority because dude's chest they bumping never done so in their life chest bumping a 17 year old bro really <laughs> really dog chest bumping a 17 year old <laughs> is that like what a fucking like just pussy man over and, um, i feared for my life photography permits yeah over you you see a woman in a wedding dress dude see a woman in a wedding dress and you're gonna fucking harass us come on yeah, it was, it's, uh, and it's funny because uh, it's just those cities that are, uh, you know what's another, th- you know what's even funnier is later on in life, uh, in 2020, I remember I was walking around in Laguna Beach and um, the funny thing with COVID was there was people eating food uh, on the boardwalk without their masks on and we're walking right by them and there was propaganda all over Laguna Beach saying mask up to cover up. If you wear, the more of you that wear masks, the more our business can open, our, our businesses can uh, continue their operations, which was complete weird yeah. masking propaganda. I wasn't wearing a mask. I was like, no, dude, we're at the beach. There's people wearing masks in the water, like swimming in the ocean. For a faceless, like the, the masked guy being like, no, fuck this. That's what's funny about it. Which yeah, that's, that, that is it. hilarious. Yeah, no, super like, it's more just anti, like, fuck, fuck you guys. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm. I will wear a mask. <laughs> I'm only going to wear a mask if like you guys don't want me to wear a mask. But <laughs> they, um, this cop comes up to me in the middle of the boardwalk in Laguna Beach, and he's like, "I'm going to give you a fucking ticket. Put your mask on." Nah, I'm not going to. And it just reminded me of that that experience. I remember I was I've been waiting for it for fucking ten years. You know, cop comes up to me, tries to fucking give me. I go, "No, I'm good. No, no, I, I don't have to wear a fucking mask. I'm going to give you a fucking ticket." He hands me the mask. And I know what he was doing. He hands me the mask, expecting me to throw it on the ground. I crumple it up. He goes, put it on. <laughs> crumple it up. I put it in my pocket. I think he thought he was going to get me on littering. And then he tried to hand me another mask, thinking I'm good. if I would have thrown it on the ground, that's littering, right? 
fucking crumple it up, put the other one in my pocket. Fuck you. I'm not fucking wearing a mask. And he couldn't do shit. I'm like, give me a ticket. Go ahead. Give me a ticket. Nothing. Yeah, that's what I fucking thought. Walked away. Uh, it wasn't as aggressive as the other cops, but the other cops in my life that have done shit. But that one was a good little redemption, little beach cop redemption that I had there. Beach cop redemption. I don't know. I like, don't get me wrong. I'm down with the clown, dude. Like I've uh, ran away from police helicopters in my fucking boxers. Um, I've, <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's a whole story. I've, uh, I've been arrested multiple times. I've been raided by the ATF for my contributions to the uh, 80% industry and the 3D print industry and things that we've done there. I think uh, Nathan, have I, Nathan and I have talked about some of the yeah, stuff you, that we you were, mentioned in person. Um, yeah, that we were, we fucking forefronted and you get raided because of that. But like, it's just, dude, I guess maybe it's just with experience. Maybe he's never going to, those people aren't going to make that mistake again. But with, it's just kind of shit that I've, you, that, you know, that, you know, can I, can I tell you a, a fun cop story? Great one. Absolutely. You're love this. So, um, the company that I worked with when I first entered the industry is um, we were like the the headliners and the uh, the pioneers, I would say one of the pioneers of the 80% industry. If you know what that is, it's the, build, yeah, the yeah. DIY build your own gun stuff. Back in the day, you were only able to uh, you would source a Glock barrel here. You'd source a lower parts kit from somewhere else. You'd buy the, 80% lower from polymer 80, you, you know, and before that it was just ARs when we first started. The only thing was ARs. Um, I think there was 1911s around that time, but we were the ones that were like, okay, let's make a website. Let's get source all of the parts, ensure that they work together and then give you a choice of what color you want it fucking Cerakoted and an email link to hit us up. And you want a fucking a dragon skin, 80% gun sent mailed to your fucking house. You know, obviously it's 80%. It's not built yet. You got to build it, but we'll do that for you. We were the first, one of the first companies to ever do that. And uh, because of that, we instantly um, attracted the eye of the, uh, the government because they, they had a hard on for that shit since it's uh, conception. And um, I would say it's funny, dude. I, I was a, I was a personal trainer when I left to become a, a, um, when I, when I went headfirst into the gun industry, I quit, went headfirst into the gun industry. And then I, I decided I, I was like, so new to the bullshit, dude. I was so, I was still like a, a hard ass, but I would say, man, that shit turned me into a fucking veteran, like getting put on the ground multiple times over any sort of statute that changes daily, dude. One day you're selling something. Okay. For example, so in California, you can have a threaded barrel. You can sell someone a threaded barrel. You can sell someone a compensator with that threaded barrel. You can't sell them a Glock slide with the threaded barrel in it. That's extremely legal unless you have a permanently affixed uh, compensator on on the threaded barrel in the Glock side. Does, does that make any fucking sense to you? Doesn't to me. But you're getting arrested if you do that, <laughs> especially if you sell it to a fucking CI or a cop. Uh, and there's a lot of undercovers here. So... Uh, that leads me to, I would say like about four or five years in, about five years in, um, I was doing a lot of the hiring for our company, hired this guy, seemed like a cool dude, seemed like he just kind of blew into town. Um, it was mid summer. It was like May and it was late May in California and the high desert's fucking hot as shit. And I remember the owners of the company coming in and we're having a company meeting and this guy's sitting in there 
the owner takes one look at him, stops the meeting, looks at me, and he goes, can you come in here with me? So I walk, we walk out, we close the door. Everyone's sitting in there watching. He goes, did you really hire a fucking fed? I go, what? He goes, look at it. <laughs> I turn and I look, dude. And it was when he said it, it was almost like as I looked back into the room, the guy's glowing now. He's wearing a fucking, <laughs> he's wearing, um, he's wearing operator pants. He's got the fucking like tactical boots on. He's got uh, a flannel. He's, he's got a flannel on that covers up all the way up to his fucking wrists. And he has a fucking neck gaiter on that's covering up to his chin in midsummer. And I go, oh my God, I hired a fucking fed on accident. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. I was hiring so much people at this time. We were growing so quick. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I, hired, what have I, done? I hired a fucking fed. This was his first day. He goes, I want him out by the end of the fucking day. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, holy shit. <laughs> so throughout the day, I'm just watching this guy. <laughs> shit, you know what? The guy comes up and starts talking to me about taxes. Right hand to fucking God. And I'm like, like it couldn't have been any worse. Like, so like, because uh, we were, we, we mentioned paying him under the table. He's like, so since you're not big, since you're going to pay me under the table, does that mean that uh, you guys don't pay taxes too? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. And then um, we, we stopped talking to him. Uh, I was avoiding him all day because I'm going to fire him at the end of the day. And then I watched him, uh, one of our gunsmiths, she walks uh, into a room and he, total cop move, blocks her, impedes her movement and blocks the pathway, starts grilling her about, um, about uh, high capacity mags and shit. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's a fucking vet. Holy shit. Even his story where he's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just a drifter that blew into town. And I just have oh I'm such a fucking idiot sometimes, I swear. So <laughs> I pull the guy out aside and I'm like, hey, dude, sorry. Uh, it's just not going to work. And he's like, well, is it me? I go, mm, you're just not, you're not the right fit, dude. I'm giving you, uh, give him like 120 bucks or something. Get, kick him. You got to go, dude. You got to get the fuck out of here. And he's like, <laughs> uh, okay, this is disheartening, but uh, I mean, this is right out of the blue. And I like, I wanted to tell him like, you're a fucking fed bro, but whatever. So later on, we're all talking about it later on the night. I'm letting everyone clown on me. Everyone's like, dude, you hired a fed dog. It just, the guy was glowing all day. And, um, about, I'd say about eight o'clock at night, we see a flashlight pointing into our next door neighbors, big fucking flashlight. I see it on the cameras. I'm the manager of the fucking, of four of the different buildings. So what am I going to do? I run out there, run outside. It's a female cop. She's got her gun out, aims it right at my fucking head. Freeze, motherfucker. Jesus Christ. Swear to God, dude. Freeze. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, get the fuck against the car. Pushes me. And it's funny, again, the five foot four female cop trying to force like pain compliance me. And I'm like a big dude. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, sweetie, you're hurting me. Whatever. Ow. Ow, please stop hurting me. They love it when you say it. They love it. They're like, yeah, that's right. And they grind in harder too. So she's got her fucking, <laughs> she's got her gun trained on me. She puts me in handcuffs instantly. I go, what the fuck is going on? I'm the manager of this complex. Can you tell me what's happening? She tells me that our next door neighbors have been broken into and she needs to secure the area and make sure there's no robbers anywhere. That's verbatim. No robbers. What are you talking about? She goes, we need to make sure there's no robbers in here. And at this point, her partner, who, which is another female, comes up, is aiming a gun at me. And our friend, Petey, uh, who's, he's one of, he was one of our, like, uh, handymen, he comes out of the building because he wants to see why I'm being put in handcuffs. They fucking point the gun at his head. And they fucking start screaming at him, get the fuck down on the ground, yelling at this guy, dude. Sweet. So he gets yeah. down. They grab, they take our IDs against our will, pull, pull out our IDs. They're fucking running our IDs. And they start trying to, so one of the female cops has her gun still trained on me. 
and the other female cop is trying to get in the building with the code. Well, this female cop puts her fucking gun directly to my head and she goes, what's the code to the fucking thing? Like, I'm already handcuffed. Like, what the fuck? Dude, I can't tell you how yeah, terrifying it is. It sounds like I... you're getting jacked by two people in cop costumes. I know that's not the case, but... Dude, 100%. If I didn't see the cop car, that's what I would have thought. Uh, yeah. We, dude, she has this... She's literally... I, she hadn't, at this point, hadn't taken her gun off of me. Like, she had yeah. her gun on. She pulled my wallet out from my back pocket, pulled my ID out. Partner's running the fucking IDs, comes back, is trying to get in the door. The, part, the other lady, she still has her fucking gun aimed at me, and she's yelling at me for the code for the door. My dumbass being, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. I was fucking terrified. Had a, of course you had a female I, cop putting a gun at you. Like the chance of death is high. I'd love <laughs> to be able to tell my followers like I was fucking Chad Thundercock, and I was like, "Fuck you, pig." No, dude. I start giving this bitch the code. As I'm giving it to her, the uh the owner of the business comes out and she goes, "Stop giving them the fucking code." And I'm like, "What? I'm sorry. Do you see the gun? Are you are we good?" She's like, "Yes, I understand. You guys can't come in here." Two other cops come up. So I, I guess they had called for backup during that time. Two male cops come up. They start fucking like interrogating her. They're like, we need to get in there and we need to make sure that you, there's no robbers in the building. There's no intruders. We're like, we've been in here since, I'd say, uh, 10 a.m. this morning. And one of the guy cops is like, oh, that's pretty funny. So you're working late tonight, huh? And when you own, you, when, so it's a, it was a family-owned business. Uh, I worked, sometimes I'd work from 10 a.m. Sometimes I worked from 7 to fucking 2 a.m. getting Cerakote done for gun shows. Like 200 pieces of Cerakote done, you know, it's a Friday. So yeah, I'm working late tonight. Um, it's funny how they act like that's some sort of like, that's weird, huh? It's weird you're working so late. Like, yeah, I'm trying to make money, dude. Whatever. Um, and we were, it was just a cool hangout. We had like a a motorcycle shop behind the building that, that we owned as well. So it was like a cool hangout. Um, uh, we had built this business from the fucking ground up. Um, it was, it was, we had a few different buildings that we, we had, we were operating within and they were trying to get into them. Um, we wouldn't let them in. Luckily the business owner, she stood her ground and was like, fuck you guys. And they're like talking shit to her. Like, really? That's how it's going to be, huh? She's like, we're good. We're fine. Un- uncuff them. So we, I got uncuffed. They leave. Um, I don't know what the fuck this was, some sort of internal affairs investigation or something to try to get something on us. But uh, that co- that guy that I had fired earlier that day, one of those cops ended up being his ex-wife. And we found that out through a uh, complaint that we had sent because uh, the next day we went and talked to Manny, our neighbor, and he doesn't have a silent alarm that trips. He doesn't even have a uh, alarm system and he doesn't have cameras. There was no investigation happening of people intruding into the building next to us. There was nothing like that. It was just a complete trying to get in, trying to smash and grab. And then, oh, we were investigating a crime, but we just so happened to found them. We found them converting high capacity magazines to 10 rounders, which is completely within our legal right to do so kind of a gray area, but now we're jammed up and now we're fucking screwed over or something like that along those lines. Cause in California, you have to do some gray area shit to accomplish things, but yeah, dude, I had a fucking female cop aim a gun at my head and uh, was like screaming at me. That's just one of the times too. I've had so many other times ATF and the feds have pulled so much shit on us and nothing ever came of it. No, there's no investigation. It got swept under the rug. Uh, there was no real answer to what happened. And I wanted I wanted to go file my, for myself personally, but the, the owners wouldn't let me. They were like, no, nah, we'll, we'll handle it. And it just never went anywhere. 
Um, yeah. yeah, it's bullshit, but that's just yeah. kind of the second they heard you're an 80% parts store, they just didn't give a fuck. Like, fuck you guys. We're not doing anything. It's California. Yep. Dude, that's something I, I want to hit on is like so many people might see your general kind of aesthetic and all of like the, you know, being positive about crime and like active, actively doing real crime kind of like all of that messaging and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, people have the luxury of being somewhere out, you know, outside of California's tyranny where what they do on the daily is like already outlawed where you are. Yes. And like, Oh yeah. Sorry. No, that's, that's the perfect way to put it. And, uh, this is going to be a controversial opinion, but you don't breed someone as like anti and maybe you do, but I highly doubt you breed someone as just like angry and anti-state anti everything as a, as a guy like me as a in in idaho where you have all the freedoms i just don't think so personally i think you need no, you need to dude, get step you're home. talking to a brit yes like <laughs> these guys in idaho laugh at me because they're like oh, you're in california you're a punk bitch like dude these these laws are coming to a state near you people in california are just ahead of the curb knowing how to fucking break them that's all that's the only difference between you and me bro is i'm just ahead of the curve i've been breaking them since i was since i was a wee little lad and now i know all the tricks and the secrets and the ways to you know i'm i'm very very well versed in breaking these tyrannical laws when when these laws hit people like wasn't new isn't new hampshire one of them washington's one of them um new jersey is there they've been having those laws for a while but these these states that were used to their freedoms and now they're being stripped from them. These guys have no idea what the fuck to do. They're running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Like, dude, I've been doing this shit since I was 12 years old. Like, we know how to get the high caps. We know how to get the, the ammunition, pass the background checks. We know all of it. There's no, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's my and, argument. And that's, that's like, no, that's a big cultural thing that people really have a problem adapting to because they've been, you know, law and order and their dads were, and their dads were, and their dads were for like forever. And it's like, well, and not forever. Like back to the guys who actually shot the British. Mm-hmm. But like, there's, there's there's this whole fucking thing where these guys can't connect the fact that like being a a gun rights absolutist may mean adopting a prohibition mindset and being the bootlegger someday. Dude, and these guys that, wanna. That's why you see the difference. These guys wanna be fucking. Uh, they want to be uh, treaded on so bad. They want to be treaded on so badly. It's like, it's like uh, how a lot of women want to have um, some sort of trauma. Like they, they make up a lot of traumas in their heads so that they can, they can cling on. They can make it their whole personality. It's like guys like finance and maneuver who wanted to be, they want, (laughs) they want tyranny so bad so that they can fucking get on that level. They, they really wish like, bro, you're in Arizona dog. Like, when I went to Arizona, the last time I went to Arizona, we were shooting ARs out of a moving truck, listening to Motley Crue and drinking beers. There's no, like, come on, dude. There's nowhere in California you could do that shit. I mean, there is. <laughs> and we, we have done it, but it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. You're not, you're not yeah. afraid that you're going to go away for the rest of your life, which is awesome, too. Go, <laughs> that's cool. That's fucking amazing. And all states need to be like that. But for these guys that say it's the dudes who make the argument that, like, well, the more gun laws you pass, the more criminals are going to get get them get illegal things, right? But then they look at guys like me and they're like, "Ha ha ha! You're in California, bro. You can't fucking get anything." My brother in Christ, I'm the criminals you speak of. 
I'm, <laughs> I, I can get the, the, I'm the criminals that get the illegal things. Do you not see the correlation here? That's why, that's where uh, low level perpetrators comes from. That's where the whole, that right there is where it, where it all stems from is I, I get people, especially the conservatives hit me up. Like a low level perpetrator is just a fucking, is just a spineless piece of shit. Like, ah, it's more of a play on words. Like we're, everything I do in California is a crime. So I, that's where I got the name. That's where the idea came from, you know? Well, dude, it like, in your case, it has to be a lifestyle. Yes. Otherwise, you would be a spineless piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, it's a constant <laughs> like, battle. Yeah, and that's fucking, that's hardcore. Like, that's that's real as it comes. And so many people don't get that fucking turn their nose to that kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. Or, like, you know, they, they might see kind of the messaging that we prefer that's really hardcore anti-state. Like, nothing, nothing held back. Not pretending that this shit can be voted away or whatever or that there's any kind of niceties to this it's like nah like they want to stomp us out you just have to be this way or you're done i think i think people take a look at my art and they see something at face value it's verbose and shock jock um with with some of the messaging um specifically one of my biggest points of contention is i have a sticker that i put in my first sticker pack it's a design that is um, basically, it says, we don't pray for wealth, we make it through catalytic converter theft. And people see that <laughs> and they think that stealing a catalytic converter is one of the most abhorrent things. Obviously, like it's a horrible thing to do. I've always argued that I think, um, uh, okay, so to take the long way around, that you, at face value, you might think that that's like a, just like a fucked up, oh, he's just making a joke about it. But in California, in uh, around 2018, uh, Newsom started signing a bunch of new laws that basically made uh, it was it was bolstering the the whole smog um, green industry. It, it was what's leading to us being only able to sell electric vehicles after a certain date now. Um, yeah, and he Canada basically yeah, so he basically banned um, normal like mom and pop mechanic shops to be able to import any sort of smog devices or catalytic converters into California and and made it so that it was only like registered uh, star certified places and uh, dealerships were able to import uh, smog smog parts, right? Um, by doing so, he was claiming that it was like an econo uh, an eco-friendly law, and that's what they've always claimed, right? But what he did was, and I don't know if this is by design or not, I don't really give a shit. All I know is that he created a horrible black market. People now steal catalytic converters from others and sell it back to them at an, in, that at an insane cost because to get it fixed at any of these dealers, it's a, it's a monopoly. It's, uh, you get a catalytic converter stolen off of your 2004 Prius, you're paying no less than $3,000 to get that fixed. But if you can get one off the black market, that's a fucking quick 900 bucks that that person can make off of one and what would you rather pay 900 or a thousand or three grand so it's created this horrible black market so that's kind of my i know this is like the weirdest rationale but i think it would be <laughs> i think it'd be funny if like we just bolstered we made catalytic converter theft like a huge a bigger deal than it is like if anyone who got there stolen just stole someone else's catalytic converter and we it, may, it became a bigger problem than it is we'd have to start doing something about it we'd have to start looking <laughs> at these laws so as my faceless for president 2024 my first issue is my first 
um, statement that I want to make is steal it forward. Okay. I want you to steal, yeah. steal it forward. I'm, I'm just kidding. But that was that whole catalytic converter theft sticker was, that's the whole meaning behind it is that's why, you know, and I, I, I explain, I've explained it on different, um, platforms. It's funny. I try to not, try to not, um, I try to not assume that my followers are complete fucking idiots and they kind of get the, uh, the ironic joke behind it. Um, but a lot of that has meaning, dude. Like a lot of the stuff that I put on there has that type of meaning behind it. It's not just about <laughs> steel catalytic converters. It's uh, trying to bring awareness to what the fuck ha is happening. And I know this to be firsthand because uh, like I told you, we had opened a motorcycle shop. We had all of yeah. the credentials to be able to, to get smog stuff, one of our friends got their stolen and we couldn't even import anything in there, even though we were technically completely legal to do so. No one will send it to us because we're not fucking a dealership or whatever. So there's a lot of stuff like that that people just don't get. They don't understand the how there's a lot of tyranny here. Even on, on the car it front. It sucks. The electric car shit's insane. Like, <laughs> like California is such a beautiful part of the world mm -hmm. and yet the government just sucks the fucking life out of it they really they do. do they do i love it here man and um it's uh, another kind of cool thing about it is that um dude it's crazy when i tell people that i carry a gun and i especially that i carry a gun without a ccw um and they're <laughs> like it like freaks them the fuck out dude it freaks them the fuck out it's kind of it's kind of fun now at this point seeing the looks on their face that they're like oh you have your ccw like no like you the government doesn't want you to know this but you can just put a gun in your pocket and walk out of the house they don't want you to know this. that's wild but you can just do it and um i'm obviously good at not getting in a confrontation with the police but uh you know it's funny that there's a lot of people that don't carry guns around here i'm like it's so rare dude it's really only the criminals it's really only the criminals that carry guns. Like even the good fucking most people in California will tell you they carry a gun. They don't. A lot of people don't because the CCW shit is so fucking hard to get through. It's so ridiculous. You know, it's like four hundred and fifty dollars on average, and it takes you a year Jesus. to get your CCW on average. And I'm in one of the counties that's just supposedly the easiest to get a CCW. Four hundred and fifty dollars and a fucking year's worth of paperwork and bullshit to fucking be able to carry my gun. Shut up. Nah. Yeah. No way eat my whole Fuck ass that, dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no and and that's that's the thing people like people don't really understand is you can live anywhere on this earth and live exactly as you want and you know what the secret ingredient is what's that it's always fucking crime. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i knew it i knew it's where you were going time, have secret ingredient is crime. <clears throat> what was that I could not have existed in Canada without crime. Yeah, dude, I bet you guys you guys have some had some crazy shit going on there, right? We'll talk about it one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro. The, the, there's a lot of statutes that have to pass. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I get it. That's so sick. It's it's still a bit recent, but yeah, dude, like that that's why I had to leave England. I was like, I'm gonna do a lot of fucking time in prison. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to fucking go. Mm -hmm. I I have not been back since I sold my guns and I did not do it with paperwork. <laughs> so based. We will I, I got one email about it and I just sent them back like a little sad face. 
and that was the last communication I had with the British police. Jesus Christ, that's awesome, dude. Uh, I was like, that, that was right after I started up BR, and I was feeling exceptionally spicy, and I was like, I'm going to make this a meme. And then I was like, I can't post this because it's incriminating. Never mind. See, that's what we do. That's what's cool is we have like we have a guy that's lived under come like total tyranny and then come to the States and you're now you're fucking living the way that you want to live. You know, like I need to, I need to, that's, I mean, I love California, man, but it'd be cool to be able to thrive in fucking Arizona or some shit now that I've yeah. been through the shit. Yeah. Like, like I, I think you've earned it, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, my but I, I respect either way. Like, you know, staying there and living your life is fucking boss as it comes. But honestly, it's, as as some would frame it freedom of maneuver like there's a little bit more breathing room when you're mm-hmm. when you get the boot a few inches more off your neck as i'm sure nathan can attest yep to. how's it feel you haven't you haven't <laughs> been here very long right how does it feel feels good oh dude i feel good? fucking love it i love it i love it they're going to have cool, to take man. me out of this place in a fucking bag it's also cool seeing <laughs> how like you go from being over there and now living here and just the difference like it's it's cool watching that man it's fucking Dude, really neat. I, I appreciate that. Genuinely, like, it, it feels very nice to be able to just, like, throw a rifle in my trunk in front of mm-hmm. all my neighbors and just, like, wave and and go. Yeah, it, that's, so, nice. that's so sick. Yeah, I still have to do the gray man shit here. Like, I, I really have to. I abide by the gray man. Like, I drive just, like, a fucking black, blacked-out Honda Civic. I throw my shit, like, at the point of where you can't, None of my neighbors will even know that I have guns. I keep it really secret, you know. I I, I do that even in Appalachia. Like I use a gym bag. I break my rifle down and I, mm. I pull out the range. You know, it's like it's it's not. It doesn't look cool. Yeah. But uh, my my bag doesn't have my name on it. I got it from a Goodwill with someone else's name scribbled well, on. Well, and it. mine is like I I fucking <laughs> and it's not trying to be like a like I'm a gray man type of thing. I wish I could just put my guns in my trunk, but I know. If there was any sort of like dispute or domestic bullshit that happened with my neighbors or something, that's the first thing they'd go to is like, oh, he's got a gun. They don't need to know. Oh, yeah. They don't need to know that shit. That's the first thing everyone here, their first go to is they hear gun and they freak the fuck out, dude. Yeah. They'll fucking call, they'll call the, they'll report that you're a terrorist threat if they hear that you have a fucking gun. It's insane. <laughs> it's a little better here. I think on paper, about two thirds of adults have a gun. Um, cool. off paper hopefully it's more <laughs> yeah well that's another thing talking uh going back to the 80 percent industry thing i man i in my day i have had some female like i've dated some some i would say a little bit more liberal women and um i don't know what it is i feel like liberal women love love guys on our side even though they'll never admit it but there would be some arguments I, about found that actually yeah, like I'm not I'm not even bullshitting, dude. I, I have a lot of girls that follow me that are fucking liberal. And uh I remember there's a specific conversation I had with this one who she loved to comment, she loved to bring up st- statistics. And she brought up the gun thing. Uh she started bringing up statistics about how many Americans own guns. And do you guys remember what that number is? How many Americans? Oh, fuck. Here, hold on. It's how many Americans? It's wild, especially especially nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. So she brought up some statistic, and she was still arguing with me because I was like, ah, uh, there's no actual number. Jesus Christ! But it was like some like millions, whatever. There's uh, you know, millions and millions, right? Yeah. Uh, 
I, I told her, I started laughing. It's like, you think that's how many people, how, that's how many guns there are out there? She's like, what do you mean? And I was like, let me break this down for you. I worked, I was, yeah, I laughed maniacally because I worked every gun show in California in 2019, every single one. That was our goal. We, we <laughs> literally worked every gun show. And in 2019, I would say it was probably the, the peak of the 80% industry where you could go to a gun show, you could buy a, all the parts of a gun, and you can build them together, right? Um, you could build them, you could build it, and you could build a Glock at home. You build a 1911 home, AR. You can build an AK at home if you have the tooling for it. But I told her, I go, we would get our, we, we would import our steel from Florida into Georgia. We'd get all of our steel cut in Georgia. We'd import that from Georgia into California. It would get into uh, my shop at around, uh, I don't know, 4 p.m. on a Thursday. I'd spend that time from 4 p.m. on a Thursday all the way till Friday night, Cerakoting at least 250, 80% kits. During the weekend, we would wake up in the morning at fucking 3 a.m., drive to a gun show, sell from Saturday to Sunday, all 250 of those kits. We sold out, leave, go home, and fucking restart the next week. Every week of California. Not only that, or every, every week of every, every gun show of California, which was pretty much damn near every single week of 2019, right? Uh, we put, um, not only that, because of what we were doing, a bunch of companies popped up as copycat companies. Uh, who started doing this? I was thing. about to say, how many other people? Yes. So think about that. All, and over all the of those motherfuckers were cleaning house just like we were. We put old mom and pop FFLs out of fucking business. I can name 10 off of my fucking hand of wow. these old spit fuck fucking mom and pop FFLs that we put out of business by doing this because people stopped doing the FFL shit in California. And there's a bunch of companies that were doing this that were operating in New Jersey and New York, like uh, I think New Hampshire, Washington, all that shit, right? Um, we did 250 every god, at least 250 every goddamn weekend. And there was at least 10 other companies doing it. And, and if you, and that was just 2019, think about it, dude. And those are just 80%. Think about 3D printed guns. Think about there's, millions it's done there's no stopping it it's over it's fucking over and dude i that was the probably the only person that i ever turned poor pro gun she was like holy shit i go so would you rather be in a room of people without one and they're gonna have one anyways or do you are you gonna go out and just get one like and she was like i fucking that was only probably one of the only liberal people i've ever swayed she was like holy holy shit like when you actually put the numbers together i was like everyone every every one of those criminals has one they all got one. Don't you worry. Yeah. My, my mind jumps to, uh, so I, I'm in uh, northern Idaho. And I, I think oh, with nice. people I know in Washington, because like the uh-huh. gun border of Washington's a five-minute drive away. Um, mm-hmm. And you go to a range there, it's all 3D printed guns. It's all 80 percent. It's all. Because they passed, they passed that fucking law, right? Yep. And no yep. one gives a fuck. No one gives a single fuck. The, the second they pass the law, that it creates a vacuum, and people want the they want to be able to build these things unregistered. In states like Idaho, no one wants to build them unregistered because you guys can just fucking can't you guys do like the um, just the bill of sale to another person in a parking lot over there? Oh, dude, dude there's a uh, there's a vending machine outside of the Walmart, and I bought an M240 out of it the other day. Dude, that's <laughs> that's fucking. I love it. Um, <laughs> I just go to the gas station. I buy a Glock yeah. and an Auto Sear. Yeah, you buy buy a Glock, <laughs> buy an auto sear, and then um, yeah, that's so funny. 
That's great. Um, I love no, Idaho. That, Idaho's amazing. It's funny that I, I didn't even know you were in Idaho when I made that whole Idaho um, equivalency thing. I wasn't trying to make fun of you or anything. No, 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 I just I, I didn't I didn't take it as that. I didn't even know you were in Idaho. I just use oh, that as the beacon friend. for for freedom whenever I bring up any sort of. Uh, That's why he ended up. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, dude, Idaho does not fuck around, dude. You can yeah, like you really... are right. There's like I'll talk to people who are from here and like have only ever been from here and they're like oh yeah i don't i don't understand why it's like you guys don't know what it's like to not they don't know how bad it is things. yep like you do yep. not know how bad things get which is ironic because washington is again five minutes away um mm-hmm. but like th- these people have lived their entire life in comfort and it's like th- this can go away very quickly dude that conversation happens every single time i open my fucking mouth in a gun <laughs> store they're like they're like oh uh you doing all right though, sir? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, can I handle so-and-so? And then like, oh, he's actually a gun guy. He's not just a lost tourist. Yeah. Because I, I don't fucking dress like a gun guy most of the yeah. time. I, I, but, I've uh, gone to telling people whenever they hand me a gun, I'm like, no, I, this makes me uncomfortable. Like, I, I, That's so funny. Yeah. And then the, they'll see like a fucking video of your build drill and be like, Jesus Christ. At least, at, Jason at least you're not one of those guys that fucking well, one will build drill in the middle of an FFL or fucking start John Wicking everywhere. Like, dude, stop it! Please oh, dude, stop dude it. I, I, I roll. I do the I do the Spetsnaz rolls. Um, oh, nice, nice. Yeah. That's the way to that, yeah. see. That's intimidating, though. Someone yes. pulls out a Spetsnaz roll on me. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done one, dude? I did one uh, when my uh, oh, I can't say that. Uh, someone gifted me something uh, very special to me, <laughs> and I was so excited because I had always wanted one. And I and it's a I'll just say that it's something that unfolds. And I unfolded it and put it all together. And I did a fucking like Spetsnaz roll as a joke, and I fucked up my knee and my shoulder. Oh, <laughs> I was like, holy yeah. shit! Those, it actually hurts if you don't have the good fucking technique. Damn, I'm impressed now. <laughs> my guys who do that, holy shit! I feel that though. That, that is. Yeah. It is- <laughs> so easy to just fuck yourself up especially the older you get i i've never done a spetsnaz roll and i i don't actually intend to everyone listening right now if you want to call bullshit on me do a spetsnaz roll in in your living room and tell me how the fuck you feel afterwards dude if you're if you're not over fucking if you're under maybe 25 maybe you could do it but dude i was a like i said i was a personal trainer for years dude i'm like a pretty healthy guy and i still couldn't perform one without rolling my rotator cuff and fucking tearing my meniscus like, holy shit. I, I have, I love that I have just fucking no context. I'm sitting here, like, laughing, trying to figure out what a fucking Spetsnaz roll is. <laughs> just, just, like, rolling <laughs> onto your shoulder with, like, a gun in your hand type of thing. Yeah. It's, it's like a somersault. It's an armed somersault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's see. I don't even think it's actually called a Spetsnaz roll. Yeah, I, I have no idea what the fuck it's called. I just I remember, just like, made it up. being a kid and watching, remember that, that shitty show on Spike? What was it, uh? deadliest warrior they had like yes spetsnaz and the spetsnaz ro- like rolled into rooms it was really funny but that's like the only part that- <laughs> i'm thinking of a guy that fucking um like the you know the fud that rolls in the store while he's got a gun in his hand have you guys seen that uh you talking about uh fucking the detroit dust guy uh no no not that guy not that guy it's like one of the guys that's um Man, it's like some fud, just some like boomer that just rolls into it. Like he 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 runs, he goes into a gun store and they ask him, uh, or he hands him hands him a gun. And he like does this roll, trying to act like he's badass. It's it's some CCTV footage that someone had, and it. I'm trying to find it so you could see it. That's what I'm thinking of right now. 
I'm super curious. I've seen a lots of that. Like the the guy who uh who I, I I remember him just like picking up a knife at the table and starting to do kung fu. That kind of thing. Yes, like that type of thing. Yeah, but the guy rolls in the video. What actually freaks me out right now, I'm so sorry for the pause, but I I'm looking, I'm going on YouTube and I I typed it in and there's a picture of the gun store I used to work at on a thumbnail and it's like freaking me the fuck out. I'm like, well, how did they, they do? Know. It, it looks like it's the, someone used it in the back, like the Google, um, you know, you can do like a Google, like picture search of like the inside of the gun store, but it's in a, this, yeah, some guy's yeah. YouTube thumbnail in the store that I like helped build and it's <laughs> fucking just freaked me out <laughs> looking at it right now. It's like, holy shit. That's so weird. It's just some stock. must be some, someone's using it as like some stock thumbnail image. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of weird, dude. Yeah, that was fun. You guys are awesome. Oh, yeah. oh let, let's no, really, really appreciate having you on, man. Like, this has been something. This has been a long time coming, and yeah. I, I, we should do it sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of these, but um, yeah, no, like, really, really appreciate <laughs> someone who actually does all of their own shit and doesn't rip off flash sheets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really nice, really nice to see, uh, like, fellow creatives. In this space, I mean, this is all in war. Yes. Well, before before we before we go, like one of, one of the things that I think we all as artists have a little bit of we've always like throughout our our career in art have had an issue with is what is reference and what is theft? Because I'm not yeah. a person who could just draw a fucking anatomic human skull out of my head. Of course, I'm going to reference things. I'm going to use things and. Some of the times, does it really matter if I can draw one from memory, like, or if I can, or if I yeah. trace one and I add creative liberties? Obviously, not fucking nods on top of one, but I just—that's like the biggest conversation to be had right now. Is what is reference? What is theft? Um, you know, like for example, my my air freshener is the Monopoly Man. Um, a lot of people probably don't even notice it, but it's actually the Monopoly Man repurposed into like a guy with a ski mask and a Molotov. Um, stuff yeah. flipping like that, but there's too much people that are just straight fucking ripping shit. They're just stealing it, just straight yeah. stealing it, taking it. And then what you're adding nods, is that really transformative? Is that really something that's adding a message? Yes. You know? Skeleton. You know what, else? what if it's yeah, a skeleton next time? Yeah. There's no, I would say the only one I've ever enjoyed was the um, sub def um, Ben Davis, uh, rip that they did did you ever see that where the the ben davis monkey had like nods on and shit that was pretty cool <laughs> i liked that one that was yeah. the only one i'll say that i enjoyed but i appreciate i appreciate um talking to some people who actually understand because i'm extremely autistic and obsessive about this stuff and people uh you know i can't just rant to the normal guy about it they're like what are you fucking talking about dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's it's like such a niche space within this community but there is a lot of creativity amongst you know like-minded people and especially like the artistic types and the autistic types yep. and it's like it's nice to discuss that because people see a whole lot of visuals and like you know for all sorts of different things in this space and they don't really appreciate kind of the work that goes into them or what originality and and actual skill and what things have value and what are just grifting and and cheap ripoffs you know and you know not not saying any of us are an authority on such a thing but like you really should consider who you 
who you give credit to and who you kind of um who you kind of look to as people doing something and people just taking advantage of others well I, if that makes sense I, standing on my soapbox no i'm super anti authority so i try i'm i'm against gatekeeping which i know there's there is some merit to it in certain instances like if we would have done some gatekeeping in 2020 some shit wouldn't have played out the way it did but uh, like <laughs> i dude i was an artist i started when i was 15 consistently i set out every single day i wanted to create a new piece of work i would study uh artists that i was inspired by and i would try to create work my own original pieces in their styles and event like one of my biggest inspirations was mike giant and i was like and if you guys know who mike giant is a big fan of his try to create my own pieces in his style and eventually it just kind of after doing that to, and case studying so much different artists i came out with my own on the other end right my own style yeah um yeah you have inspiration yeah have all these inspirations which is what a lot of art is a lot of it is inspiration um i just it took me 10 years before i ever self-proclaimed artist and that i kind of that's why i'm so proud of the art villain tagline uh because it took me 10 years i started when i was 15 drew every single day until i was about 25 26 and i was like i think i can say i'm a fucking artist at this point i think i might be able to say that now but these guys come out the gate um fucking tracing not tracing skulls and nods and saying that they're an artist and they like they uh, just sucks dude it's it's lame so against it makes me <laughs> yeah. mad i i can't say a lot because i am paid like uh i take freelance jobs a lot for sometimes corpo sometimes cool companies sometimes whatnot and usually it's like hey give me give me a skull put some nods G give me give me a monkey with nods hey how about we get this uh this public domain character and put nods on them and it, um, it, not it enough feels often creatively bankrupt but hey you know consume consume yeah yeah i mean that's that, that was something that we were talking about earlier was uh i don't know dude it kind of sucks because i know a lot of there's like a need for it a lot of people yeah. want that shit but i just um i think i mean you're that's a that's actually a pretty cool point of view that you're getting paid to do it from different companies freelance artwork um, yeah i i'm i survive off of my art right now and that's something that always worries me is am i gonna ever get to a point where i'm doing shit like i'm taking the money because i need it like i know right right now like the last uh eight months everyone's been begging well for years everyone's been begging for a ski mask drop but it just seems too easy you yeah. know, like I, yeah. you guys don't understand how much money I could make if I sold ski masks right now. It's disgusting, and oh, I'm dude, just like, I, of, I believe it. There, it's, it's, I, I think part of the problem with having artistic integrity is, especially when it comes to our own brands, we hate money. Oh yeah, yep. But also, that's what sucks is like I know if I have thousands of people wearing faceless ski masks, that helps me. That's not a, yes. a fail. But I just know it's too, it's just too easy. I'm going to draw ski masks soon because everyone's been like begging for it for so long. But I'm like, man, there's so much other cool shit I could do. Like the, the gasoline scented air fresheners, the ATF target posters. By the way, if you guys want to, um, if you guys want to send me your uh, Nathan and BR, if you guys want to send me like an address or a PO box, um, I'll try to get a, a poster or something out to you. Oh, or, shit. Thanks, um, man. Okay. That would be cool, dude. I'll, I've been I'll trying put to it get in my them. Washrooms. I see it every time I uh, I use it. 
yeah that would be that would be pretty cool dude because uh I, my my goal is for people to use those and and um um and frame them shoot shoot them, shoot that. some throw that's, some holes through them and frame them but it is kind of funny i i, I want to like the that's the best comparison i have is i'm trying not to like i don't know i guess sell out even though it's not really even a sellout it's a it's it kind of makes sense you know but yeah you're making a living off of art that has like a serious message and and it's fucking fun and original mm-hmm. like it it's such everything you put out is such a fuck you i love it and and, and vibey as shit like, it's, it's i i'm jealous every time i see you do something i'm like fuck why didn't i think of that <laughs> it's genuinely just you um like yeah it, if you've met you as a person if you know what you're like like this is just you and i i love that it's just uh like it, it's pure thank you man I, that's really the has been i think i said it i touched on it a little bit in the beginning i wanted to put myself into the digital space as much as possible, like as transparently as possible as, as what I thought was funny, what I thought was interesting, what I thought it was cool and take the ego out of it, take the face out. I don't need, and that's a, a lot of these guys who do stuff like this, they'll start showing their face cause they think it'll get them maybe more notoriety or anything. Like my whole goal was always to wear a different ski mask all the time. I always, I have like a hundred different masks that I, I always thought I would wear while I'm wearing a different mask in every video and it, no one can really keep, keep a beat on me. And they, you know, okay, before before I know this is going a little long, but no, what, I, no, no, no. what I wanted... People love it when it goes a little long. Hey. One of the... Hey, when I first set out, I had this theory that, you know, did you guys know that they make, um, that kids, um, like teddy bears back in the day, why they made them all with neutral faces, all like kids' toys and everything, why they made them with neutral faces? Why? <laughs> because they wanted the the kids playing with them to be able to project their emotions onto their toys. Um, so giving kind it kind of like video giving, game uh, protagonists. Yes, video game protagonists, and that's why the best action heroes are. You look at Neo. Look at look at ne- Keanu Reeves. Why he's the best action movie star. It's not because he's a great actor. It's because he's so. Let's be honest. So kind of like bland. So like, uh, uh, uh. You put yourself in the shoes of Keanu Reeves whenever you watch him in a movie. That's my theory. It's my opinion. Yeah. But um, that's kind of what I always wanted is I wanted to see if that same theory would work with Faceless. When I tell people these stories, they put themselves in the shoes of my stories. When they the, they look at my art through their perspective, I, I always kind of hoped that would be a result. And I think that that has been the result. I think people watch my stories or my you know my YouTube videos, my podcasts, and they... Uh, they they can get the they can insert themselves into it you know what i mean yeah that's kind of been the goal um i like that. that's actually a, a, a good last question to end on is do you have any i mean you can't you kind of answered this but do you have any regrets about starting this out anonymous or like would you ever would you ever consider being a face behind faceless or are you just like nah it has to remain that forever. The funny thing is my, the way that if you knew me as deeply as a person, I'm a, I'm someone that cannot have things held over my head. I pro like, I promise you, like you can't hold a, a home to live in over my head. You can't hold um, my identity over my head. I, I try my hardest to not have a kryptonite and I've had people threaten me in the past, like uh scorned, like lovers threatened me in the past. Like, I'm going to post a picture of your face. Like, 
at the end of the day, if that happens, I would turn it into a win. I would be like, okay, now I get to go. Now I don't have to fucking wear this hot ass masks on podcasts all the time, all the time. Like when I go yeah. on certain podcasts that I've been invited on, um, I don't think I would ever show the face willingly on faceless. I'll, I don't think I ever will. I'll, that's always, that's the whole thing. You know what I mean? Um, it's a pity. So if it ever <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is there was one girl who was threatening it, caught like really, really like I'm gonna post it, I'm gonna blah blah blah. I was like, oh no, people are gonna find out I'm a good looking dude. Oh no, yeah. oh, oh no, <laughs> so don't do it. And then she was like, oh shit, I don't want people to know that because she's she was jealous. So um, I don't know, dude. If if it gets posted, it gets posted. But I, I I'll never post my face. I don't even have a personal social media. I don't. I, I'm kind of a, a ghost on the internet. I don't have some private social media that I let my friends. And I think that's, what's kind of weird with people is uh, like, I would consider Nathan to be a friend BR. I would consider you now to be a friend. Um, Likewise. I, there's no personal social media that you can hit me up on. Like I can give you my yeah. cell phone number, but you know, so I, yeah. I have no desire. I want to, you know what the coolest thing was, was when I was talking to Nathan at the shot show party last year. That and was a I good heard time. People, I, I enjoyed that. Dude, people were talking about Faceless and had no idea it was me. That was so cool. Because uh, 1776 had uh, had advertised that I'd be there. I yeah. wore the mask for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, no, this feels like I'm at a Halloween party and I'm the only person who dressed up. So I took it off. Yeah. Yeah. I, put a, yeah. I put a hoodie on and I just chatted with, with fucking, you know, you and we talked and had a good time. Airsoft Fatty, we were chatting with him. He was doing crazy shit and... Only the people I wanted to know that it was me knew it was me. And especially because you and I both know we were in a room of a bunch of 3D printers and that community is crazy with the doxing. So, Oh, um, man. It's very strange. And I think it's because the community skews a little young. Um, Airsoft yeah. Fatty was interesting. Is he okay? Like, is, is he all right? He's doing great, dude. He's actually okay. doing really, really good. It sounds like he got in touch with Sam Hyde. And he, him and I actually talk. We talk. Uh, I, I really... In, enjoyed that kid's company dude he's like uh yeah. did you see that he had like that star power i think he he had that natural energy about him as weird yeah. as it sounds he's like magnetic I, and go ahead i i know that he wasn't doing super well during the whole like fish tank thing with sam hyde but uh, I'm, uh it seems i think like that was a, I, I think that was an act dude because i'm in touch with uh his manager and we talk okay, and that's good. I think I think it was more of like well he had problems when we had him go to Shot Show with us he had a lot of issues going on he's that thing everything since Shot Show everything has gotten better for him That's since good. we met him which is pretty cool to see because he was pretty I had a few heart to hearts with that kid and he had a hard he seemed like he was having a real hard time yeah so he's doing good man that was that was fun uh it was cool talking to you guys about the shot show thing i think i want to go next year and i want to just have fun every year i've you, ever you been should. has been no I, fun for me i honestly think like the, the way br and i and uh phil did it it was a lot of fun like if you put the business aside and yeah like we we obviously like we, we tried to get a little bit of you know time to talk to everyone that we could i i think i I talked to like a quarter of the people that I wanted to. There's just so little time. But if you treat it like what I think it should be, which is just like a good time to meet up with all the friends you only get to see once a year, it's actually mm -hmm. a really good time. Yeah, I, if yeah, it'd be cool to go next time, link up with you guys. There's some like interpersonal shit that happened with me and the gun industry that um, gave me like a sour taste in my mouth with all of it. But I, I think next time I'm going to go 
Um, I'll probably go next year. I'll fucking probably link up with you guys and yeah, uh, I just have oh, a good yeah. time, dude. It'd be cool to do some photo yeah. shoots or something, you know. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, next year we're gonna be we're gonna be try we really tried to get a photo shoot and then we kinda did. We got some we got nice we stuff, got a little bit. For the most Yeah, for the most part next year we Yeah, we've got a great spot for it. We just need to either do it before the show opens or stay after the show closes yeah, and, and just have a dedicated media day with the host. And you got a guy that's you gotta have a guy that's just pushing for it. Oh yeah, yeah. We I think that's yeah i think that's wise yeah because i was the guy that would carry the camera around <laughs> well we gotta we gotta kill a i mean hell you're you're both like super talented videographers and phot photographers so yeah we could definitely uh oh, i hear a kitty hello i hear a kidder yeah this motherfucker is telling me it's time to be done yeah that's so <laughs> funny that's i i had some cats that would do that too like time for bed time for bed it is like is like, hey, you've been sitting at your desk staring at the wall for like two and a half hours. What the fuck's up? Dude? Do I do I get to shill? Absolutely, dude. Yeah, no, no, of course you get to shill, dude. We've had you talking for two and a half um, hours. Okay, so uh I go live on Oh, we lost him, lost him. Dang. Uh ah, fuck, we'll figure it out. Ah, uh, fuck. Okay, so I go I if you guys want to follow me on Instagram at faceless F-A-C-E-L-E-S-S, -S, that would be great. I go live live on there fucking twice a week. We live stream on there. We have a lot of fun. Uh, you guys can watch me package orders and design and edit and all that shit. Uh, my brand is called Low Level Perpetrators. I would say it's more of just a media messaging, get the message out there uh, company than a brand, quote unquote. But Low Level Perpetrators on Instagram, you'll see it in my bio, and that's pretty much it. That's all I want is just follow Faceless, follow Low Level Perpetrators, maybe buy a fucking sticker pack because uh, – uh, people seem to enjoy those very much fuck yeah, like, yeah oh well, yeah hit me if, plus if you, you, if you oh. sorry if you message uh br if you want to send me your address i will uh send you i'll do try to do a sticker pack and like a target uh, atf target poster or something that'd be pretty cool fuck yeah or just you know send a mysterious package to or send like, a either way, bag like, of shit just, just take just take me yeah just take me the fuck out yeah that'd be great um <laughs> no really appreciate having you on man um been a long time coming and uh yeah this was fun dude so oh before we go we do have to ambush you okay we need some dad advice dad advice from faceless dad advice from faceless um it, like the like the listeners are your your sons i would i would say sons and doors but let's be real dad advice from faceless uh do you, don't fuck with crazy bitches. That's the easiest one, man. Uh, just vet, yeah. vet your women. That's, that's important. Vet your women. Make sure they're not crazy. Uh, that could be some life ruining stuff. Um, listen to me from from experience. Don't date liberal women. Don't do it. It's not. It's always a trap. You think that you convinced them on gun rights, and then they're uh, they're um, I don't know. They're trying to. They're assaulting you in your car while you're driving. So uh, I would say that's the best one. <laughs> Yeah, don't 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 identify yourself um, to police officers. Um, you yes, don't have to give them. You don't have to roll your window down all the way. You don't. You're not legally obligated to give identification. Uh, steal it forward. If your catalytic converter stolen, just steal it from your neighbor. Um, what else? <laughs> what else we got? Um, arm every kid in America. If your kids, you're arm it, your man. children. Arm your children. Give them guns. Um, the only thing that stops a bad kid with a gun is a good kid with a gun. Uh, 
Fuck yeah. I think that's enough. Fuck I think yeah. that's enough that's... bad advice. We've educated. And also, everyone. can we, we change it? Every can we one. change this this section to dad advice? Because I just feel like you're. Dad yeah, vice. I feel like you're missing out on something. Just rolls off the tongue. Dad advice. That's good. Yep. That's good. I mean, that's, <laughs> dad advice is how you get dad little people. Yep. Well, <laughs> well, thank you very much, man. Um, we'll. Uh, I don't know how we stop this recording. Nathan's fucking laptop died. Oh, so. should we just sit here and bullshit until he plugs back in? Let's hope that he doesn't fucking lose the recording. Does it work that way? <laughs> oh, that would suck, dude.